Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Brick. What up, Red Pill? Blue Pill. Tell it. No the Ledge Radio. Tuesdays and Fridays, let's go. I present you red and blue pill and prescribe you to take them both. If that's in these microphones, I'm the virus, I need a host. Know the legend, don't cross it, cause you might overdose. Release those toxins from your conscience. Play the beat through stethoscopes, it's for my folks. The originators, atmospheric pressure raising. Thoughts be constantly in orbit, till my page is out of space. Cosmos, astrological, a star right in your face. Didn't plan it like Pluto, melanated the greatest race. From niggas to gods and clearly just a human display. Walking immortal, live forever through these songs I make. Rigatologists, Discovered this very deep inside this continent. Okay. They had to pass many courses at their local colleges to study what this naga did. Futuristic shit, 2125, and when that time exists, they will realize who the Messiah is. Let's break the foundation with that fire spit. It's telling yoga flames, I'm on my street fighter shit. I swear I wish my ancestors they ain't finding shit. Transatlantic travel, maiden voyage from their cargo picks to picking cotton and sugar cane and then refining it. Trying to restore our dominance. Black power in this motherfucker better know it. Give them the truth, they tell me give them more These black laws, yeah, you better know it. I'm less of a rapper, more of a poet. This my opus. Maintain focus as we enter through the pillars of realness. Truth revealers. Tuesdays and Fridays, live so you can feel it. Can't feel it? Oppress pray every day to hear me kill it. More than just an intro. This was how I'm feeling. We just left the scene's conference and we ain't finished building. The sky is the limit. We just crashed through the ceiling. Feel the energy of the crystal speak. Spiritually a symphony charged by the elements for many centuries. Libations for our ancestors, keep it spinning beat. We evoking the spirits that guard us from our enemies. I shape, I create, and I display what I made. Give it straight to the people, feel the power in waves. Black fist in the sky, but this ain't hip hop array. Putting pressure on these culture vultures, watching decay. It's time to take back what's all the monumental display. Kings County only royalty around me. Come on! Peace, 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 peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. You are now rocking with the best. Yes, this is your host for the evening, Brother Red Pill. And um, I have a special co-host that I'm soon to be joined by in um, any minute, and that's my brother A.A. Rashid. Uh, give me a second, family. I'm attempting to log into the um, studio, okay, so we could do what we got to do and um, bring my brother in to do what he has to do, and we could prepare ourselves tonight for another monumental episode of Nota Ledge Radio, all right? I am very, very, very happy, you know, to say that tonight we have our brother, the young phenom, Brother Polite, back in the building, back in the mother-effing building, in rare form, on the cusp, right? Not really the eve, because the debate is not this week and is next, but on the cusp of one of the most talked about, 
highly anticipated um, debates in the history of the conscious community. Now, mind you, I didn't say the history of consciousness. You know, we're not talking about, you know, uh, Malcolm X and all of these other, we're saying the conscious community, the community of students and scholars and spectators, okay, that has formed over the last, you know, decade, all right, the brothers and sisters that are part of that collective. So this debate right here has been um, the talk of the town, all right, and we definitely look forward to hearing our brother come through tonight and do what he does best, and I share the information, okay? So uh, just give me a minute, Blue. Give me a minute as well. Um, I'm working on getting uh, in one second, all right? But um, before we even continue, I want to say thank you to everybody who not only showed up in large numbers on Tuesday to hear Dr. Umar Johnson, the philosophies and opinions of Dr. Umar Johnson. Uh, you know, check it out in the archives if you didn't. If you're not amongst the thousands of people who have gone into the archives and downloaded the show and, um, you know, hit us up, you know what I'm saying, and responded with a lot of um, positive words, you know, with a lot of uh, encouraging words, with a lot of fire emojis and thumbs up and 100 emojis and things of that nature as a result of the show. So we've gotten a good response from the family. They got an opportunity to listen to the show, like I said, whether it's in the archives or whether they were in the building live and direct, all right? And we definitely look forward to um, doing something with my brother, Umar, whether it's on Blog Talk Radio or in a whole other arena because, as we said before, you know, we respect and we love Blog Talk but we are fully aware that technology has advanced and there are multiple different options in which to broadcast to um, have new experiences because this is ultimately about new experiences. This is ultimately about, you know, being um, the change that you want to see. This is ultimately about that upgrade. You know what I'm saying? You can't ride around in the same whip your whole life. Like, you're going to have to step it up every now and then. So uh, what's looking real good to us is all of the different options that have um, arisen over the last two to three years, such as live streaming, such as um, Google Hangouts, such as uh, the conferences, the seminars, the workshops, you know, all of these things. So in the near future, what we intend to do is to bring our scholars and bring forth our master teachers and our guests to come on the platform and engage them in a whole nother environment outside of the audio uh, platform, the podcast platform that we know as Blog Talk Radio, okay? Talk Radio, got to stay taking our money. All right, so um, that's what that is. Shout out to everybody in Harlem right now supporting Ross Ben and Brother Blue Pill. Shout out to Rich UGR who came through earlier, was catching some footage. Um, 
like I said, salute to everybody that's involved in that project, Star Nation project. I was over there with uh with my son earlier, and it was a nice turnout. Beautiful, beautiful artwork. You feel me? Beautiful artwork. Um, beautiful people. All right. Where I spend, I saw a glimpse of his lecture. Powerful. Hope to see him tomorrow at uh, Nicholas tomorrow night. But um, yeah, you know. That's what it is. All right. Let me see something real quick. Yeah. All right, give me one minute. Hold one second for the math. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so give me one minute, fam. I'm trying to uh, access the studio, like I said. For some reason, I'm having Wi-Fi issues where I'm at right now. So we're just working that out. But we're going to go ahead and open up the call queue in a minute to bring in a guest. All right. The show tonight, as we continue, the show tonight is sponsored by Kings County. dot uh, dot com, apparelnormal. dot com, as well as um, the Facts Initiative. All right. <clears throat> Shout out to everybody that has responded to the Facts Initiative call and signed up for the free webinar on the 21st. We look forward to seeing you, and we have a definite, powerful presentation that everybody will definitely be, um, you know, you, you should look forward to that. That's going to be a powerful presentation. And everybody that's joined forces with us to assist us, I want to say salute to you. Um Thank you for your assistance, and, you know, let's let's do what we said that we was going to do. Let's make history, you know what I mean, and let's bring solutions to a people who have been asking for solutions for quite a, quite a while now, okay? They deserve it, and we deserve it as well. So let's get busy, and let's, you know, let's just be about that life, okay? Okay, we're almost there. All right. So take this time while um, I'm about to open up this uh, studio to share the show on your network. You can simply do that by clicking the share button for either Facebook or Twitter. You could take a picture and shoot it to Instagram, shit. You could get fancy with it and Snapchat it, you know? But whatever you do, let the family know that we are live and direct tonight. We have a monumental show. I mean, we got a historic show because I don't believe that there's ever been a time that we had our brother A.A. Rashid as a co-host with our brother Polite on the program with our brother Red Pill and Blue in the building, okay? So... 
that's monumental right there. That's looking like Brooklyn all day. So we got to figure this one out, you know what I'm saying? But uh, that's historic right here. So I already know the level of intellect that all of these brothers bring to the table. So um, I definitely know that we're in for a treat. Let's do this. Let's open up the line for our co-host, Brother Blue Pill. Uh, let's see what he's up to. Call it from the 347-4553. Peace. Peace. Peace to the family. Peace to you and yours. Welcome to Nobelette Radio. You are not rocking like a bad Hey, brother. This is Please your co-host. Huh? You have to speak in the phone. I wasn't, I wasn't able to hear you clearly. I said peace to you and yours. Welcome yes, to yes. Know the Ledge Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your co-host, Brother Blue Bill. No doubt. That's good. Talk, talk in the phone a little clearer as well because you're, you're not that clear. I'm not that clear? No, you're not. All right. Please do. Does that sound better? Yeah, you sound better. You sound like you're not, you not on the Obama phone. All right. Indeed. All right. Yes, indeed. Like I said, reporting live and direct. I'm in Harlem, USA. We are at the Raw Space Art Gallery. It's a beautiful showing. I just finished, um, well, Ross Ben just finished going on. I opened up for Ross Ben. You know what I'm saying? I showed the oh, people beautiful. some compelling, uh, riveting, footage, you know, of communicating with the, uh, what they call the mother craft. Yeah, it's real exciting. It's going down. So the sister's about to do her presentation, and it's a wrap, you know. It's a full house. There's beautiful people in here. You know what I'm saying? Loving the artwork. Huh? Mm-hmm. Your sound is still, yeah. it's not It's not clear. Yeah. I don't know so, if it's not your location. It's not a good signal. Yeah. Nothing I can do outside of that. All right? I'm in the building. I'll be listening. Do what you got to do. All right. You heard? No doubt. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's open up our co-host line. You know Brother Blue is good. So let's go to uh, to L.A. Let's go to the West Coast. Call it from the 323-571. Peace and welcome to Notre Less Radio. Peace, Lord. Peace, King. What's good? Us, not them. Huh? Us, not them. You know what it is. We was up. Can you, can you hear me clear? Yeah. I want to make sure that my phone is not bugging out. Nah, you got that Obama phone, boy. Fuck out of here. Nah. Fuck them free phones. <laughs> ain't nothing free. <laughs> you already know. Hey, hey. Yo, hey, peace and love, family. You know, tonight is a uh, little bro's night. You know, I'm in the cut like a band-aid, like a cesarean. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm chilling. I just wanted the I follows the youth. You heard? I'm one of them. I'm getting out your way. You heard? I ain't doing that. I ain't going to be one of these old niggas trying to be a young nigga looking all stupid and shit. Give me some shoes. I'm chilling. Yeah, I want to relax and 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 watch and make sure the young people is doing it right and applaud when they do it right. I want to stand up and clap. You feel me? That's what right. I want to do. So he's just the one for it. 
and this is uh polite. This is uh this is a wonderful station and time that we in because I was sitting there when I go through all my gods, we be bullies. We can't wait to get rid of Jesus. But then when we get rid of Jesus, we still want to hold on to Allah a little bit, right? And then when you mm-hmm. muster up enough courage to transcend him, the last God, you be stuck with Jehovah, and then you still kind of low-key trying to honor him because you still don't want to let go of that little colonizer in your mind. So this mm. is right on time, you know, that the last colonizer, Jehovah, it's gone. It's over. You, the, the white folks didn't think that we would be able to one day read, you heard, or have. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew the Internet was going to come out. Or that I don't think they knew the crack babies had powers, had special powers and shit, you heard? That I don't shit, know what know. they thought, you know? They so, call them super predators. They knew that shit. Oh, man. You know? Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Um... I'm very, you know, I'm very happy to be where I'm at in the station of uh, of reality, sharing the same space with you, your brother, your experience. I see we have uh, meaningful roles in the narrative, the ongoing one, and I think the work we're doing is is monumental in that it, it allows us to last forever. And I think that was the endeavor of the ancients, and I think that's why they built great edifices and wrote their names mm-hmm. on walls and carved them in rocks as Ross Ben shows us. And we still do it with graffiti. We write our names and our experiences and we use colors and lines and edges. And I think humans cannot deviate from the 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 overwhelming long for self expression. And I think, you know, African American this is why I'm so proud of Polite. He he took the courage to demand the world to administer to him in the fashion that all black male psychology is supposed to be administered to. And this is how I could tell when people call me with fuck shit, when they start telling me about teachers they like, and they always say my little brother name. But I like polite mm-hmm. but. When they say, I like polite but, once you say but, I know you're a fuck boy or, or one of them hoes. <laughs> you heard? He's a winner. He's doing more. He's doing the shit your daddy was supposed to do in front of you. You heard? Mm. That's why you niggas is cowards and you niggas let hoes run you. You heard? Broke bitches that ain't ain't had no daddy and don't love men run you. Fuck mm. out of here. So here we got an example, and I'm following this through. I'm staying loyal. I'm staying down to little bro's plan. You heard? I'm not going to mm-hmm. be like these other niggas. So <clears throat> he's encouraged me and influenced me a great deal, you know, to delve into my expertise and my vocation. And it's the reason why I told the world I want to teach them Jewish mysticism because my teacher had no time to teach all that shit. Reverend Valentine and them had to get to you, get get you to the the the, the, the light code transmissions. It would take a long time for you to deal with the nuances of of biblical Hebrew, but if you look at those Book of the Earth series, when he mentioned my name, I wasn't in the, in the free cipher. He he had a plan. He seen mm-hmm. something, you know, and he manifested. So I'm a dream manifested, you know, and he knows. Yes. I told him in our first interaction, I said, Rev, 
thank you for telling the world about me, but you know I'm not a good person like you or what you might be trying to help people to be. I'm I'm doing this because I'm trying to heal myself from my experience because I had the, uh, it's messed up when you're a genius sometimes because sometimes your genius comes from a means to survive. I create neural pathways to heal myself and have the mm. experience that no black men be having. Nobody give a fuck about our emotional state. We are surrounded by selfish bitches, you know, male and female. Bitches is 50% male and female. Selfish that everybody wants you to be subjective and subjugated to something, uh, uh, relegated to some weak station in life so they can m- manipulate, move you, and make certain mm-hmm. that you don't go nowhere, you know. So it's like there'd be cowards in these relationships. Cowards seek out and pray for cowards. So when they get the coward, they be like, you ain't going nowhere because I'm going to hold this over your head, the rent over your head, the the uh, the, the, uh, the your emotional need for a hug. You know, well, I was mm-hmm. in prison with serial killers. I was in prison with niggas that these, I have never met a conscious teacher tougher than the niggas I was in the joint with. Or patrons. I'm not afraid of none of you niggas come to these lectures. Or you pundits, or you whole niggas be sneak dissing online and niggas yelling on computers and all that shit. Y'all niggas is pussy. You can't fuck with them niggas I was in the joint with and got around that shit. So you got me fucked up. I'm like this. Hey, let me tell you something. The work we doing is supposed they be supposed to be throwing money at us, but hey, we're going to chart our own course in this journey, but I'm going to tell you something. This Tonight is home, little, little bro night. He's mm-hmm. going to change history in a few days. And if you still need a crush, shout out to the Hebrew Israelites. It's a few of y'all, you still got a chance. You can still leave with your integrity. You heard? And still be all right. I noticed, I don't know, it might be hard for the Hebrew Israelites on the West Coast because if you're a Hebrew like Hebrew Israelite on the West Coast, it just means you couldn't be a good blood or a crip. That's all that shit means. On the East Coast, it, you got like a spiritual background. But you think it's over here. Y'all think it's this ass. You couldn't be no mountain killer. You can't go run. You can't go on hunt 14 for success. You you can't be in the Tiki's. You can't move through Poly. You can't go to Long Beach. You can't be on the East Side. So you got to go out there and be yelling at niggas on the bullhorn. You got me fucked up. I can see through that. Anyway, let's go. Um, um, Jews, hey, man, Jews is all right, man. They disoperating according to what you're supposed to do. Me and you are supposed to be You know, mm-hmm. and this is what they're doing. They're doing it and um, and benefiting as a result, so. You know, I just want to get out of the way with little bro. Is he ready to call in? You know, I know he got yeah, a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, open up his line so I can sit back and relax and enjoy the fruits of my labor. That 300-page book, everybody that received your book, everybody who's getting their books this week, I, I appreciate y'all. You heard I had to show niggas I'm bigger than that. I'm not one of them niggas sitting up on somebody's couch waiting for somebody to give me $20 for a DVD. I'm a fucking genius, born conscious. I wasn't born by mistake under the staircase. Yeah, for real. You're already. You're already. All right, let's do this, bro. 
Without any further ado, close the door, man. Let's open up the live for the caller from the 818-626. Peace and welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. This is my brother Polite. Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. All right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I use those sounds and tones and frequencies to bring niggas back to New York. Okay. All right. We got We got all Brooklyn on the line tonight. Brownsville, Bedstock, Clinton, and Slapbush. Right. I think this is the first time we've ever done a show together as um, hosts and co-hosts and guests. So, um, you know, I just want to state that for the record. You know what I mean? Um, Brother A.A. Rashid had a lot of praise for you, um, Brother Polite, when he came on. He spoke to the importance of your scholarship and your example that you've been setting as one of the young scholars, you know what I'm saying, who has definitely come and disrupted the old guard or the order of the day. And, um, you know, brought people to a place, like I said in the description, where you challenge their comfortability in the box, all right? And um, ever since, you know, and it doesn't stop, you know what I mean? We've witnessed throughout the ending of last year and the beginning of this year, um, it's almost like a reality show because we've all sat back and watch, you know, your ascension, and we've watched your um, relocation to a new grid, to a new base, all right, to a new environment. And they say the DNA responds to environment. I was taught that in my teachings, the DNA responds to environment. So we've watched your DNA respond to your environment. And it's been uncomfortable for some people. And for some others, it's been very comfortable. They were very uh, praiseworthy and very um, enlightened by your movements. And then there's other people who were very uncomfortable because, like I said earlier, you were taking them outside of the box of what they had in their mental or their mind. Because they never seen their daddy. They never seen their daddy have strength at house in the in the house. This shit is offensive yes. to niggas. That they could see yeah. a man for now, and now they yes. be like this. Why am I existing? Why he ain't my father? Where, why, where my father at? Why my daddy ain't had the internet? Where's he at now? And the women and the men do it. They be hating on my little homie because he's winning. You heard? Yes. Fuck them niggas. Yes. Fuck them niggas. And exactly. And like I said, there's there was no point of reference. I would say. When you look at brothers like Dr. York, that's a great point of reference. When you look at Dr. Sabi, somebody who has shown that you can definitely create anything that you want to create out of your mind, out of your grind, and out of helping your people. The man has his own land. You know, uh, I remember when I seen him pull up in a Range Rover in, like, early 2000. I was like, what the fuck? What's coming over here? You know? 
I just yeah. go back and be like, you know, is he moving some weight? Is he moving the work? But then I remembered, I well, hold on, I had to catch myself. This is Sadie. This is the man who cured AIDS. Why is it foreign in my mind? Why is the concept of him pulling up in the Range Rover to pick us up? Why is this? Why why can't I relate to that? Because I didn't have a point of reference to say that yo, Sadie likes nice things too, and he deserves that. You know, and um, you 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 picked up the mantle, brother, and you've carved your own lane. What I want to know from you before we even get into the show tonight is. What would you say to the critics or what would you say to your cynics out there who were very judgmental or who continue to be very judgmental in the fact that your approach is somewhat different than the uh, approach of others? Uh, I don't have much to say to them. I really want to speak to my supporting cast because they can play the songs, you know, Kanye yes. West made a lovely song. Kanye made Hold a lovely song. Hold on a minute, brother. I yeah. don't know if it's my phone or if it Hello. was your phone. I was having the same situation with Blue and AA. But um, okay. if you can't get in a clearer place so we can hear you, uh, so your voice can okay. project more clearer. Can you hear me clearly now? Yeah, you come. Yeah, oh, better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot better. All right. You too, AA. So. I would definitely say, as far as my detractors are concerned, they've made plenty of songs in our era for those people. Kanye West made a lovely song for those people where he says, this one's for the douchebags, goes on. And he speaks about these types of people, you know? And so I just suggest that they go to songs like that and know that his cadence and his vernacular in that song is part of a consciousness that several people such as myself is in conformity with. So he's he's not just speaking to the people in his life. He's, he's speaking on behalf of many of us that have become triumphant on account to the fact that we didn't have support. We had to learn how to perform alchemy with emotions that is to say mental transmutation and emotional transmutation, we had to learn how to convert that into some kind of progressive fuel. You know, it's a shame because we can do a lot with support. Unfortunately, we live in a day and time where we have to learn how to convert negative energy and make it be the fuel to drive us. So as far as the detractors are concerned, I've learned to have no choice but to appreciate them. And like I said, it's sad because it's almost like my supporters don't motivate me. We we live in a day and time where there's so much hatred, self-hate that is, coming from our own people that you have to do something with it because our community is so filled with it. It's, our community is saturated with self-hate brothers and sisters that intend to afflict you for all the wrong reasons. Now I have to say, well, port look, and how does the hate look? Well, I know I get tremendous support. I know I have way more supporters than people that intend on being my detractors. However, the people that engage me with the negativity 
deal with it in a manner where it is a very strong force. So because there's so much of this hate, I actually have to take the time out now and channel that energy before I become overwhelmed by it. And in turn, it's making me successful. So now it's almost like I'm numb to people's appreciation. I'm almost numb. Do I want it? Of course I want it. Do I need it? I definitely do. However, there's so much hatred in the community. If we were to try to let it subside, we would be overwhelmed by it. So we have to actually use it. And so I believe our supporters have to work harder in their endeavor to support because I'm in a place in my life where I really, unfortunately, have to be honest and accredit a great deal of my success to people that hate me. They drive me in ways that supporters don't. So I'm I'm in a conundrum because I want to say something negative to these people. But at the same rate, they are responsible for me being where I'm at. So I'm, I'm, I would like to lie and say, the hell with these haters. But I actually have to embrace them and almost ask them to not only do more hate, but to get some more people on the bandwagon because it's bringing the best out of me. Is it like a version of hood alchemy? Definitely hood alchemy. It's, it's really alchemy. a force. Force. They they have forced the geniuses to have to transcend the your, fetters. Hey, hey, you heard the phone. Yeah. Ask the people if they can hear me. Y'all want me to yell? Hello. Yeah. You sound better now. Yeah. Listen, the brother have been forced to advance because of what you call a turbulence. A lot of y'all can't even transcend turbulence, and you have been in a station of non-growth because you don't have the consciousness equipment to give you the fortitude or the emotional equipment to deal with the inevitable hate you're going to get. They was hating on you when you was in your mama's stomach. They was like, look at her. Think she cute because she having a baby. You always going to get hate if you from post-slavery. You're supposed to be getting out these young people, in particular this young man on this show, the modality of how you're supposed to act according to your own constituents as males, you understand, and these young women. You're supposed to be looking at an example of the type of young men you're supposed to be aspiring to. He works hard. All he do is work, you heard? All he do is work. I've been seeing him work ever since we was on Gates and, and Nostrand. Yeah, he pulled right. up. He pulled up with Aminette and the little baby when the baby was a baby baby. When you had to carry the baby baby, and they was in the cab. Now I see him out here. He pulls up in the suicide doors. You heard like this with the with you open the door, the lights on the ceiling, and the shit start acting crazy, showing you constellations and shit. You see, so <laughs> come on, this is what we do. This is what we do. It's not my fault you ain't from Brooklyn. It ain't my fault that you couldn't come up with a good plan. You heard? When the when the chicks got down, you heard? Oh, hey, little bro, you keep doing what you're doing. I'm supporting this whole thing all the way to the end, till the wheels fall off. You heard? I promise. Exactly. That's real. You my big homie. 
I follow the youth. I get out the way. I'm one of them niggas. I get out the way. If you got something to say, I'm getting out the way. I want you. I want to see what you do. These other niggas are terrible. These old motherfuckers, they 56 years with fitted on, trying to look cute like the little niggas with these old swagged out, old niggas swagged out. You heard? Come on, son. <laughs> Come on. Come on. These cultural niggas with all this black fish and all this. These niggas need to write a book. I'm tired of that shit. That's over, over. The kids getting a little smarter, man. You know? You looking like a sideshow. Why polite winning? He wrote 90 books. You weird niggas. Everybody want to be Puff Daddy, but don't nobody want to work 16 hours a day. Makes sense. That is that is very true, brother. That is very true. They want that magic pill. You know? <clears throat> they want that mystery guard to drop some shit in their lap without them even working for it. Brother Polite, please tell me about the 20th and tell the people how important it is for us finally, because they was hating when you was knocking them heads off of them um, less than uh, niggas with them um, sub-level intellects trying to fuck with you. Now we got the, the object of their veneration. You know these niggas love some white folks. Let the white man tell these niggas that they moors, and now everybody want to be an extra more. You heard? They want to bring the white boy out, the, the lecture and everything and all this shit. You know niggas love white folks. So now tell them the significance and importance of what happens when the white man loses head in front of everybody. Huh? Well, this is, we're marking that era. You know, scripturally, when the ram's horn was playing, we know zodiacally that alluded to a new era. And so... That's the metaphor that I'm going to use. When this white man's head rolls over, when it rolls off his shoulders, it's going to be a new day for our community because what I've been dealing with of recent is the backlash from the degenerates of our race that are my number one complaint is that I won't say the word cracker or devil when I deal with the white man in this debate. I'm going to be scared to say cracker. So we need some other people in there. And this just goes to show that our people have done a horrible job educating our brothers and sisters in certain halls within the confines of this community. My job, March 20th, is to upgrade or heighten or raise the cognizance of the community through showing them proper methodology as far as scholarship is concerned. My job is to see to it. My job is to see to it that when I teach, I teach thoroughly, meaning I won't merely reference quotes from a book just because it's a published work, but the scholar that I would be referencing will not be revered merely because he got a PhD. More rather, the main reason I will be referencing quotes from any published works, whether credentialed scholar, most likely, or none, will be because they have facsimiles 
or some form of empirical data they have made accessible that is exclusive to their study or just very hard to come by. That is the essence of referencing material. Secondly, I will be cooperating several other materials before the community with very valid sources to further punctuate and or substantiate the purpose of that particular dissertation. The reason why I have to be this meticulous is one, my opponent is of a theological research institute where there is a culmination of people that have degrees that have been educated in how to effectively employ scholarship. That's one. Most importantly, what I have to do is show the streets that's coming in there and the elders that may have given up on us and the people that are straddling the fence that don't know if they like the community or they don't. I have to show them that we are fully capable of undergoing an intelligible conversation with members of other races without demeaning ourselves or feeling the necessity to use vulgarity or profanity on account to the fact that we may be at loss for words or overwhelmed emotionally from our edification throughout the years of being taught what their race has done to us. This is not a day to just merely vent our frustrations on account to history. This is the day to put as much as information out, March 20th. My goal is to put as much as information out as possible so people can realize the wrongs that have been done and be thoroughly documented. Brother, you there? El buzón está lleno para... Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's you? Yeah. All right. Let me see if the brother's line drop. For real. How you doing, uh, Red? Oh, man, brother. I'm great, man. All is well. That's good. You know, the weather. That's good. The weather, yeah, the weather's Cali-like out here. We survived the winter. Tomorrow's going to be lit. You know, I'm looking forward to next weekend. You you gonna you gonna bless us with your uh with your presence in New York, AA? Oh man, creative willing, you know what I'm saying? I, it really is mm-hmm. no reason why really, really really no reason why a nigga's not struggling at all. Um mm-hmm. uh I I'm I am preparing though for something me and um me and Sin is doing. We gonna be performing our song in Orange County yes. at a at a yes. showcase. Yes. So they want us to perform that in California. So this hip hop shit is kind of picking fire. up. Yeah, Indeed. thank you, Cam. Shout out to Cindy. And then, yeah, and shout out to Cam Bada. Cam Bada coming out here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you know we got a hip hop blueprint, and this is what we always wanted. We wanted the attention from the uh, that circle. So you know, here it is. You know, Nick can't tell me nothing about hip hop. You know, I could, nigga, I could pop lock. Fuck that. 
I ain't gonna let nobody tell mm-hmm, me how mm-hmm. I can pop lock. Nigga, I could pop lock. I, I could do graffiti. I gotta learn how to get my DJ on. But my nigga, I'm hip hopped out. I start rapping. You are hip hop. Yeah. You, Shit, you, hell you yeah. I like this, man. Yeah. So I'm like, man, it's only right. So well, shout out to my man West Side Gun. You know, I'm on a on an album. Yeah, that's on iTunes. My man, so he shipped every one of his hard copies. They gone. The people got to wait for wow. the next ones. He's getting that hip-hop money. He listens to the blueprint. He didn't make nothing without merchandising. Aaron is mm-hmm. working, talking about Dogon, legacies, and pyramids, and all this old shit. You know, Lord Jamal weight is getting beautiful. up because of us. Lord Jamal, yeah, his Foster. weight getting up. Because of us, you know, because of Buster, he mm-hmm. he has leverage with his peers now because our dialogue, you know. Uh, shout out to Travis, the diggers, my son, Eat the Ops, you know, Jose, to, uh, Jamal Joseph with the, my son from the BX, you know. Uh, the diggers, you know what we do, Barley from uh-huh. Houston with them spinners, hitting them corners with them spinners. The niggas know what we talking about. I'm chilling right now, my homie. My homie Raul, we right here in motherfucking South Central, nigga. We about to record some shit. Raul is a legend. You know, we about to resurrect this Mayan motherfucking Aztec hip-hop, nigga. You feel me? Yeah. LA style. Yeah, shout you out to the guy. You like already that. know. Hell yeah. Yeah, we hell need yeah. that. So, hell yeah. We you that. know, we speak the lingua, nigga. You know we speak the lingua. I wanna, yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to go to... I'm trying to go back to Mexico and turn, tear it down. Tijuana do a show. For real. For real. I promise. So shout yeah. out to, um, you know, everybody, man. For real. For no real. We're Sam, Blue. Blue is a legend. Blue is doing an art show. He's uh, he's with Ross Ben at a spot called the Raw Space Art Gallery in Harlem. I got to send you pictures of the spot. This is this yeah. is you know it's it's it's, yeah. it's owned by yeah it's curated by one of us. It's the yeah. entry point. Yeah. Yeah. Can um, I say this? Definitely. Um, Red, this is what y'all been doing. Y'all helped me facilitate this. Polite is setting the stage on the twentieth for what I'm going to do, and I think I could ride out for my remainder of my days here, giving my people a translation of the Bible so they could just leave it alone. Yeah. They could yeah. have a final say in it instead of the cracker having a final say. And you all would be amazed at the things that I have found. This is why I'm like, I don't really want to do no lecture unless I'm doing a lecture with mommy. Yeah. Cause she's the herbologist. Cause I mm-hmm. found herbs all in the text. Identify. You know what I mean? For real. I mm-hmm. For real. So, homie calling me right now, okay? Son calling me now. You heard? Yeah, yeah. Check out. See what's going on. All right. Give us a minute, fam. Brother's trying to get back into the show. His line dropped. So, we try trying to see what's going on um, in the interim. In the meantime, between time, you know, make yourselves at home. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Let him know what's going on. And uh, give us a moment. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Shout out to everybody though that's on the on the call. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, matter of fact, we'll do this. Play a little bit of music until our brother comes back. Okay. Take your line. See if little bro is calling back in. Okay. See right now. Okay, here we go. Caller from the eight one eight six two six. Yes, sir. In the building. You already. All right. No doubt. Well, when your phone dropped, you were speaking about the um the debate on the twentieth and restoring, you know, or rather um challenging the uh conscious community to raise the bar and showing them and leading by example on what it means to step in there and, you know, actually raise the bar and take their scholarship to levels that have not been uh demonstrated in a very, very long time. No doubt. Well, Indeed. my thing is, there's a whole lot on the line. <clears throat> this, Depending on how this goes, we know something. And what we know about this is that there's going to be a lot of new people coming for their first time to a lecture slash debate on March 20th. The promotions went exceedingly well. And still, we're doing a great job with the promotion. So as a promoter slash the talent, I'm able to gauge based on the sponsors and analytics that this is a jam-packed event. And we extended it. We extended our marketing to places that we've never extended ourselves to before. So we are reaching not only a certain demographic, but a psycho demographic. You feel me? We're reaching people of a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. Never mind just communities. We got a certain psycho demographic that we've catered to for this particular promotion. So they are aware of how to curse. They are aware of how to make an already bad situation even worse. They know how to mm-hmm. inflammate a situation. They know how to create bombs and blow them up. Do they know how to detonate them? Do they know the art form of communication to the level where you can actually raise frequencies instead of create a situation where everybody walks away drained? See, the people that we are going to be speaking to, I have to impart wisdom on the brothers and sisters that are coming in. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because they're going to be able to see real emotion from me, understand I have facts behind my emotion, and then they will have to gauge how will I manifest intelligence in light of the fact that I am aware of what I'm mad about and why I should be mad. Why is this important? Because when the brothers and sisters from the streets get angry, someone gets killed, someone gets hurt, 
someone gets incarcerated. So, yeah, I'm talking to a white man, and I can yell and scream and call him cracker, call him devil, call him a bitch, call him a, all sorts of names to antagonize him. I can mm-hmm. call them a host of derogatory terms, but all they're going to do when they see that, if they embrace me, convert that mode of intemperance and send it right to their own brothers and sisters. That's all they're going to do. They're going to learn the behavior from the leadership and bring it back to the community ninefold. Yes. I cannot be responsible for that. I have to, I have to let them know your brother from the hood is here. You're going to be able to see more than just a little remnants of it. Cause that's how I teach anyway, but I am not trying to prove a point to somebody by calling him a cracker. That actually is some slavery mentality talking right there. That's slavery for me to protrude my chest and look at my peers like, yeah, I wasn't afraid to call him a cracker to his face. That doesn't change the situation. That's not scholarship. I might as well just ask him to throw his hands. I don't get off by calling him names. And the reason why I have to say this is because the number one problem that people have expressed about this debate is that they feel that I won't go in there and call him a cracker because I live around white people. Well, you know what? You can say I live around white people, but where I live at, because I have a house and I have an apartment. So where I live at in Beverly Hills, my immediate neighbor, the second I open up my door, is Sean Holiday, Tubby. He's the vice president of Sony Records. Y'all may not understand what that means and represents, but that's, he's black. The brother that wrote or produced uh, Django, Boomerang and House Party mm-hmm. One. That's my neighbor. He's black. <laughs> In fact, I just gave his mom's a cookbook, a recipe book. So, I mean, people are saying I live around all these white people. I, I think they believe black people are not seceding. And don't you know out here where I'm at? Uh, probably 30 minutes from me, there's a place called Black Beverly Hills. There's nothing but black people that live above this mountain. In fact, they live that, they live up high, and the hood lives down low. Is that Baldwin Hills? Beverly Hills out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's nothing. And I, you drive there, and people throwing out their garbage, they're black. Going back yeah. in their house, I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. And they're looking, too, like, who's driving in our community? Hope it ain't one of them crazy mothers. How you find us? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, I don't know how people think no one is really seceding. That's our complexion. That's why I have made a concerted effort, especially on the cusp of 2015 to 2016. I said that I was going to make a concerted effort to show people wealth. Show them how success looks. Show them. They think, oh, you flaunt. You shouldn't do that to your own people. You shouldn't show up to your own people. I ain't showing off to them. I'm showing off to the people who wish me the worst. And I'm showing off to the white folks that thought that slavery shit was going to hold us down for a long time. See, I'm not a regular brother. 
I'm going to do that had to be the subject of group homes, juvenile detention facilities, uh, what they call this thing, central bookings with the homies smoking the cigarettes that they ain't supposed to be smoking very close to the toilet. So when they flush the toilet, the smoke gets sucked up. Mm-hmm. The homies who's who's making wine out of orange pills and shit. The homies that's learning how to make electricity in there on the side to do any of a number of things. The homies that if you come in and you got commissary, you better share one of your socks. Otherwise, you're being disrespectful. The homies that when you're in the bookings and you you in over your head, meanwhile, these people only got weed charges, they got to come off the phone. They can't be over there jonesing on the phone. No one cares how much quarters you got. That could get you into a problem. The homies that know if you're sitting on the floor or you're sitting on the bench, because there's only one little bench there. And you risking your life if you sit on the bench. And anybody that understands what I'm talking about really understands what I'm talking about. And, and mm-hmm. it's not about being prideful. Sometimes I ain't sit on the fucking bench. Because when you sit on that bench, you're already risking something. Because now you're in animal territory. You can't pull out a gun. You can't threaten to stab somebody. It's just you. Till you get your weight up. You got to learn the language in that realm, in that abode. So when people see me, being flashy is part of my therapy because I've come from a lot of stuff, bro. I come from I come from a place where I didn't know when or how long I would come out, if I would come out, and the system don't exactly accuse you of something and say, let's get this guy in and out of here. You think being locked up in the bookings on a Friday is the worst? First time I'm locked up on a weekend, I'm like, oh, I've been in the bookings before. Then you went there, you're like, hold on. Well, they can get you out, but chances are what they're going to do, they're going, you ain't getting out till Monday. And it's going to be late Monday. It's going to be the last minute of the hour that they possibly can hold you. And then we'll let you mm-hmm. out. They, they want you to feel like this is the prison experience. They, they want to prep you. They want to acclimate you to that shit as much as they possibly can. So you went there Friday thinking, well, you know, I've been in here Thursday before I got off Friday. No, no, no. Don't go in there on the midnight on the Thursday. Because they, you, I'll see outside Monday. You have no idea. A lot of these people here, when they see certain things, I can already tell. When they start, when they portray themselves as thugs or G's, and then they get upset when they see me do certain things, I understand. They don't come from where I come from. Because anyone who comes from where I come from, that shit is therapeutic to them just seeing me demonstrate. That shit is motivational mm-hmm. to them. They understand it. They look at it and they get their weight up. They look at it. It's like doing another set of pull-ups on a bar when they watch these videos. My shit be coming off like a hip-hop video that motivates you to get money. Only thing is, it's motivating you to get knowledge. Where the balls at? It's real, man. It's super real, bro. This is what we got to do, man. I'm over here like, look, I just want to show brothers who come from where I come from. When they hit you with charges, because a drug charge will give you more time than what should be petty misdemeanors. But people don't even understand how that works. When you fight two people against one and they want to give you a gang charge because it was two people against one. They, well, it's a gang charge. Fuck it. They, they, people don't understand what I'm talking about. When, when you 
attempt to shoot somebody and they're giving you more time for attempted murder than murder, which is insinuating that the next time you get a gun in your hand, finish the job and do your best not to get caught. Because when you give people more time for attempted murder than murder, you're telling the G's to lay down bodies and don't have no sympathy. Back in the days, niggas try to hit you in the leg. We all living in the community together still. Yeah, the nigga shot me. That's how it go. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it works out. But when you're telling people, oh, no, we're giving you more time for Hello? attempted murder. Yes, mm-hmm. we're giving you more time for attempted murder. And we throwing years per bullet. Then you know what? You're turning us into something that the world isn't even ready for, not even yourself. But this is what we're dealing with here. This is what we're dealing with here. I can't tell you how every day I got to think about the first time my little baby, my aunt, my aunt had to hug me for the first time when I was in prison. It's the worst feeling I ever had in my life. The first hug I got from my daughter was in Rikers Island, facing murder. You feel me? Like, people don't understand. This place in my mind all the time, and they say, yo, oh, here he go talking about it again. Well, you would let a nigga from fucking Vietnam wake up in cold sweats every fucking day for the same recurrent nightmare. What you expect from me? These streets. Come on, our brothers is in these streets. They got less chance. We less likely to survive on these streets than we are to fight a war in Afghanistan or Iraq. Statistics shows you this. Whether you're in Brownsville or you're in Chicago, you're somewhere in Indiana or Milwaukee and places in L.A., there's, listen, it's real. There's a less likely chance of you keeping your life in these streets than there is you losing your life when you go fight in Afghanistan. So you expecting me to just let it go because I'm conscious, but I can tell you have no idea the trauma that people go through. You know the trauma that some of these brothers going through? Falling in love with these women only to find out she's doing somebody else's head and the embarrassment because the hood knows? You see, people don't want to talk about those type of things. And you know what? The men don't have an outlet to talk about those things when they wifey thotting all over the place because they got to they gotta put up this facade like they're callous and they don't feel nothing until the point it actually becomes real callousness. And then they have no empathy for their own people because they're not given outlets to demonstrate that emotion, to show that they are hurting. So they got, and then they don't even have a, a man in their life to raise them. So they got a woman in there raising this man. So now they're being raised up with women tendencies, but very callous, like a male that's angry at all at the same time. So now these men are violently effeminized to the extent that if you say something they don't like, they want to kill you without conversation. This is what happens when the men are missing in the household. And this woman been playing daddy for so long, she can't keep a man because the man don't want a masculine woman. He want a feminine female. And this as oxymoronish as it sounds, that's what we're dealing with right now. Our, 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 our women have to play the role of European kings. That's what they have to do now. The men are not in the house. And she has to acclimate herself to being a woman and portraying a role of the father. So much so that she is compromising the integrity of her mission to have a relationship with the opposite sex because she can't turn off daddy and turn it on at will. Because these are new tendencies that she still hasn't 
become comfortable with because it is not part of her psyche. But she's trying nonetheless. But now she can't keep a man because for a man to keep her, he has to be willing to simultaneously keep a woman and a man too. So this is where we're dealing. This is what we're dealing with. And now the young man, the most masculine aggression he's ever been confronted with for most of his life has come from his mother. So how he going to pick a woman like his mother? He's always going to mess up his relationships. His his relationships are always going to be doomed to fail because he's going to want someone like his mother. He's going to want a woman with masculine tendencies. And he's going to be a man with feminine tendencies. This is all the convoluted scheme of being brown American Africans of the diaspora. These are the tendencies of a brown American African of the diaspora. People have to really wake yeah. up. So when they see, oh man, yo, I thought you told those young brothers, get off the line and don't buy those sneakers. Yeah, because they couldn't afford to. Fuck you telling me not to buy them. I'm telling you, they can't afford to do that. They'll live in the projects. Get your ass out the fucking projects. Fuck them sneakers. Huh. Do what you can to get out, to change your mind. Oh no, you're not going to make me die and never get the pair of sneakers I always wanted. Who the fuck are you to tell me I don't need it? See, if a person get a massage, that's okay though. If a person get medication because they sick from something, that's okay though. I got a front, like just listening to conscious lectures, it's enough for me to get rid of my problems. I didn't create my problems, yo. I didn't create them. I was subject to them. And then I became part of them. So nigga, my fucking therapy is nice cars. I need women around me. I love fucking cash. I like stacks of fucking money in front of me. I count it over and over again. Like like when a nigga had to open the fridge and he knew there was no money in there, but you just wind up coming back to that motherfucker 10 minutes later thinking maybe <laughs> something will pop up. Well, that's how I like to count my fucking money. Because I ain't have shit. And every time I did get a little something money from something, the shit disappear all the time that fucking fast. How many times you brothers or sisters get your income tax and you think that shit going to last you the year and that ain't even last you 72 hours because all sorts of stuff started popping up and you claim two children that wasn't yours and you still couldn't hold the money. So when you're dealing with a situation like that, nigga, I keep going back to the same money to make sure it's still there because I'm not used to it staying there that long. I'm sick. People say, yo, how you follow a man that says he's sick? If It's better to be with a brother that knows he's sick than to be with someone who thinks they're healthy and doesn't know they're sick. Because then they'll affect all the masses. That's what's going on in the conscious community. We're going through a purge right now. I show, I show people cash, and they start, ah! they just start screaming. This is a purge right now. Show a nigga a stack. Show him a rack. Fuck it, half a man. Show that brother 50 fucking dollars and look how he starts cringing. <laughs> Yo, y'all trying to change this community. Nah, I just got to keep flashing it. This shit is like the garlic for the vampire right now. I'm pulling out paper stacks when I come out March 20th. That's my garlic. Just to get the vampires off of me, the, the energy drainers. Because the second you pull that money out, those niggas will flee like the roaches when the lights come on. 
They scared of that shit because it reminds them of what they've been hiding from all these years. Because you see, when we came in this conscious community, we got away with escaping reality. And it's not what this principle was supposed to be based on. It's not what this paradigm was supposed to be about. But we let it get too out of control because the, the last generation of elders that were organizers have been locked up or they died. So the elders that we got now, they're teachers, but they're not organizers. So they're not passing the baton within a community that they erected where everybody can respect the transition in leadership. We don't have that no more. What we have is anyone yeah. can come in free for all and just be like, look, I'm here. How you got your name? I gave it to myself. Who's your teacher? Uh, I don't follow no one. I'm, we, don't, we don't need to be following people. See, this is what we're getting now. So now we got vagabonds in the community. There's no legislation. There's, there's no condemnation. There's everyone's for a free, a free for all, and it's cool not to have a teacher. So now the teachers have been bastardized. So what this becomes is if I can't make it in the real world, if I can't make no money, if I can't get me the car I always wanted, if I can't get the shoes I always wanted, if I can't get the women I always wanted, I get to be somebody in a community where no one has nothing. And we're going to call this the People are hiding, bro. So I'm talking about pan-Africanism. And people are saying, that's not pan-Africanistic. Did you not know about the Moors in Spain? Or are you just watching YouTube clips, but you're not reading the books? They was killing them. They was making bread. They was making money. Did you not see how the Egyptians was doing what they was doing? Don't you got the onks on your neck? The homies were dying with more gold on their bodies than people were walking around with for the lives. How you telling me mm -hmm. I'm wrong? How you studying them, looking at me, and can't, can't compare it? You trying to find a contrast. How you saying you about this knowledge, and then you see me? Do you think the Egyptians walking around? <laughs> Come on. That, he not conscious. He got that gold onk on. Come on. I went to Egypt, man. I seen the chariots with yeah. rims, with gold. Mm -hmm. The rims on the yeah. chariot was gold-plated, and it was Ramses. I was there. I seen it right in, in uh, the Cairo Museum. I put it in my book, but the book, pictures, though empirical, couldn't properly demonstrate what I bear witness to because all I was saying was when I get back, I'm bossing up on these bitches. And I'm getting me some fucking rims. If Ramsey can have that shit, nigga, I'm going to have it. I ain't going to let Ramsey have it thousands of years ago. And now feel fucking guilty thousands of years later. I've been rocking all these onks this whole fucking time. I didn't know I was licensed to get rims. When I went to Egypt, man, I got my way up. If anybody pay attention from the time I went to Egypt, my whole shit changed. Where you think I'm getting the information from? I seen firsthand. Yo, listen, if you go to King Tut's room in Cairo, sweaty, word of everything in love. The whole room filled with gold and gems and jewels and everything is, if it's a couch, the shit is made of fucking, and, that's, and the that's shit, and, and it's so thin with, with gold threading, 24 fucking carats, like, these guys weren't bullshitting. His, his, his servants was made up of fucking gems and rubies in their clothes and their garments, and you go in that room, you feel this fucking energy that feels so much like the homies when they rapping, talking about, yeah, we getting this money. We getting this money. And when you go to Luxor and you see how Ramsey's do this shit, the dude got like 18 statues taller than any building you've ever damn near seen in your life. 18 of them. When you walk in there, 
all you got resonating in your mind is it's Ramsey's bitch. That's the only thing that came in my mind. Ramsey's bitch. Like I was I was intimidated walking in because I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And the way they do it, the floor rises up subtly and the ceiling goes down subtly. And as you go deeper to where the Pharaoh would be at, it gets smaller and smaller because he represents the light of the world because he's the personage of nature. So it gets tinier and tinier as you get closer and closer to him. But from his stance outward, it's like it's a zoom out, you know, or a zoom mm-hmm. in the way the projection is because of the way they do the, because of the dynamics of the floor and the ceiling. The All I can say mm-hmm. is, exactly, man. All I can say is when I went to Kemet, I was like, I'm not coming back to America ever feeling insecure about doing me because they sold me on Kemet, and now I'm going to show them this shit full-blown. We was practicing this shit half-assed if we got a 50% grade on it. You feel me? I'm like, I got to come back here. If we're going to resurrect something in the DNA, we're going to need to make some bread too because that's part of the DNA activation. Because these guys here, if we, if we rocking out with them, if we wearing their faces, they will roll on their grave if we wearing a Ramsey shirt or a touch shirt, starving. Now we disrespecting the legacy. Mm. Take that shit off, man, if you ain't about making some bread. Because them, they was trading with everyone down the Nile Valley and building their whole situation up, building empires. And, and the first thing you see before you go into any of their temples, the first thing you see before you go into any of their temples, like a whole energy coming through. But yeah, so when you before you walk into any temple, what happens is you see Pharaoh holding someone by the hair. Holding right by their fucking hair, holding them up. But no, the second you come in here, you will get your shit washed, nigga. Now, why is this important? Because people sold me on a half truth. You can't go to no temple in Egypt and not see before you enter the visitor, the first thing the visitor sees is the weight. They put all their, cha- whoever they championed over is on the front of the temple and they and the image is up there to show everybody, yeah, these are all the battles that I won. What's good? So mm-hmm. between the jewelry and that, so when people say you showing off, I'm like, yo, what is, you see, y'all ain't reading the right thing. And the, and the teachers, I'm like, yo, y'all got to start coming back and keeping it real. Or maybe they didn't have the eyes to see it. But when I went out there, I'm like, yo, hold on. See, we would be in trouble with the elders because this is some hip-hop shit. Because hip-hop says, when they first see me, I need them niggas to know I will push them back. That's the first thing you need to know. Second thing you need mm-hmm. to know is I got my weight up. I got my money up. I got my security. So over here in America, why you got security? You trying to protect yourself from your people? Why you showing money? You too materialistic? Why are you trying to bring the gang members in the videos? Why are you doing that? Because I'm learning from my ancestors. You can't tell me nothing about none of that because I've been there. I've been to Cairo. I've been to Old Cairo. I've been to Saqqara. 
I've been to Giza. I've been to Alexandria. I then flew to Luxor, which would be an eight-hour drive by car, but about an hour, hour and a half to Luxor. From Luxor, I went to Karnak. I went to Nubia. I went to Elephantine Island. I went to Abu Simbel. I went to the uh, Temple of Philae. I went to Nubia. went to Dr. Ben's Village in Nubia. Listen, I was out there for over two weeks, geez. Near two weeks, pardon me. And I didn't waste a day. I didn't waste a day. <clears throat> I, I drove down on a, by boat on the Nile River. Ate on the Nile River and got to look at all. I went to the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Nobles, Valley of the Queens. I've been there. I went to Hashem's whole situation and see how she passed out. And she put her stuff, herself between the kings and the queens. Everybody's falling out. And everybody's temple says, I will fuck you up if you come wrong. That's the first thing you see. And when you come mm-hmm. in, first thing they do, I'm glorifying myself. Y'all ain't got to do it for me. I get into office. It's my fucking bread. I'm in charge. I'm bigging myself up. Whoever with me, follow my lead. You ain't with me, stay the fuck from me. So I'm looking at this situation. And this, it spoke to me. This is how I know I was one of them. I'm like, when I'm coming back, when I come back, I'm switching my whole shit up. I'm telling my wife, yo, this is the last of any of that. What people call it humility, they don't know what humility is. That, that shit is poverty. They calling that shit humility. I'm coming back. No one's telling me nothing. So when Brother Polite come out March 20th, yeah, I'm with my homies. I'm with my security. I'm talking shit. I don't give a fuck. We got guns on us. I got my vest on me. I don't give a fuck. I'm on my shit. I'm protecting myself. I'm protecting myself. As far as I'm concerned, ain't no one better than me when I come that day. You can't convince me someone's better than me. You can name whatever teacher you want to name of old, whoever's alive right now. All I know is I'm the fucking shit. And I learned that from my ancestors. When it's your moment and it's your time, don't be talking to me about someone else's. This is not the fucking time. Oh, polite, you got to humble yourself. What about... Fuck them. I'm not interested in them right now. There's a time and place for me to revere these people. Right now, I'm in the fucking seat. My ancestors can support me when they're not alive. Why the fuck the living can't? This is what I'm dealing with right now. It's not about, you be, oh, it's ego. It's ego. Be that as it may. Call it what you want. But that fucking ego kept our communities running, and the whole world was able to springboard from what we erected with that ego. And it's not until we stop believing in ourselves. It's not until we start being afflicted with self-inferred doubt from surrounding ourselves with people who don't have our better interests at hand that we wind up being on decline. So what I'm bringing in on Monday, or pardon me, on Sunday, March 20th, on Sunday, March 20th, 2016, what I'm bringing in is the rise of Pan-Africanism because religion teaches us to be bumps. Religion teaches us to take a secondary position. Religion teaches us to be abused and be made out to be martyrs. Religion teaches us to embrace anyone that we're not sure actually existed, that we only got stories and accounts about, with little to no archaeology, no true attestations from a paleontologist, nothing from the world of anthropology. Religion teaches us embrace these people that we are not sure, honestly, if they exist, we just feel like they really, really did. But the people that are alive, where's the love for the living? You can worship 
people that we don't know actually existed, that you were told that they died, but you can't embrace people that are alive? Wait till you see what I teach. The African, the original African archetype of conception never stipulated that you had to die before you got worshipped. We got it all twisted, bro. And I'm going to be coming through with so much evidence to prove you can't tell me I'm not in the suit. Bro, if you're feeling yourself and you in your zone, I better conform to your zone or stay out of your circumference. I shouldn't try to compromise that. I shouldn't encourage that. I don't give a fuck you got a new shirt on. Iron that bitch. Go outside. Pop your collar. If that's the best you got right now, then that's what you got. Feel yourself. Don't leave it up to nobody else. Because you'll go a whole fuck and not be acknowledged. And that will kill you. And it will make you drag to get out your bed the next day. So I'm not waiting for nobody to give me no more props. Because one thing that I learned, a hating bastard is way more aggressive than a supporting and loving brother or sister. A hater will write three paragraphs on social media and cut and paste it every time someone writes a sentence that's positive. A positive person will say, uh, I don't like writing comments anyway. I just like to watch the videos. I don't like to write comments. So these haters are very aggressive. They want you to kill yourself. They want you to be grief-stricken. They want your hands mm-hmm. shaking throughout the day. They want you paranoid and insecure. They want to give everyone the impression that every single body on the planet hates you and you're not appreciated. They want to disregard your body of work and hone in on any inconsistency that they may have seen and do their best to exploit it day to day. And when you turn around and you become aggressive with your swag, you become aggressive with your cadence, you become aggressive with the man in which you represent yourself. Then people tell you, you should calm down. You should humble yourself. But the haters don't have to humble themselves. Religion teaches you get the rock thrown at your ass and turn the other cheek. Well, I'm not turning the other cheek no more. If people are strong enough to try to tear me down, disrespect me, disrespect my wives, disrespect my children, then it's success is so tantalizing when it's emanating from someone other than yourself, then I will kill you with my come up. And no one has the right to get in my way. I'm doing something here. Ain't that what the hood say? We killing them right now. I'm killing them. It's the rise of pan-Africanism. When I debate Harry, I just want to talk to the whole Jewish community. And I just want to let them know. I want to let them know. I want to let all the white folks in the world know. I got a message. This shit going to be on World Star. I'm telling you, I'm going to make a movie that day. Word of my life on March 20th. I'm going to be way more intellectually equipped. I know I can articulate better than the best of them. So he's not going to blow me out in terms of articulation. He doesn't have a better cadence. He doesn't have a better vernacular. He doesn't gesticulate better than me. I'm going to be all over that. I am going to embarrass him on several different fronts because it's our time right now. It's our time. I'm going to have the battle rap audience in the building. You think I'm going to come up short? I ain't coming up short. I'm not going to come up short with the homies in the building knowing this can be their last event or many more to come. 
That's my responsibility. I'm going to take these people to a whole nother level, bro. There's so much riding on this debate. People don't even understand the layers responsibility for this debate. That's why I say I can't go in there and be a jackass and let me just curse this white man out because the type of people that appreciate that are not the patrons. They're not the intelligent people nor the patrons. They don't support you out their pockets and they don't support you emotionally. They're just there for the ride, for the high. These are people that are drug addicts. They, they want to see the yelling and the screaming, get a high off of it, and then they need the violence again. And they'll perpetuate that. They'll perpetuate that in their life today or tomorrow, in their household or amongst their friends or at their workplace. I'm not here to feed the ignorant people's high that are in our community. I'm going to impress right. our community. Mm-hmm. I wanna I want to add on something real quick to the narrative that you're sharing because it, it definitely is something that the family really needs to hear. Now, Blue Pill um, proposed um, a philosophy recently, and it, and it hit me. It, hit, it, it stuck with me, and I even added on some things to it. I want to share this with you and the audience and whatnot just in regards to what it is that you're talking about right now. And that's the community, but it's rather not just the community, but what is the driving force of the conscious community? I don't think that it's been properly identified as to all have in common in the conscious community. And why do we all love these? Why do we all love to see our brothers and sisters either crucified, sacrificed, and things of that nature? Blue Pill said that the common denominator that we all share in the conscious community is trauma. We are united and we are brought together and we are we are we are we come together because we all could relate to trauma. This is a trauma based community dealing with traumatic situations and traumatic issues that a lot of us are carrying from our past lives. Now when I when I expounded on it, I was like one of the things that I could relate to is that in the conscious community many of us have three people that we could all identify as you know, in, in our victimhood, when it comes to this trauma, we all have these three people that we can point out. That is a person in our family. Inside of our families, the person who could get closest to you to traumatize you the most is a family member. There's a, 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 a laundry list of women who I've met over the years who shared with me personally their traumatic experiences. They scared the shit out of me. All right. It's, it's a known fact that many of the babies, many of these sisters, even the boys have been molested and been traumatized throughout the years. All right. People have situations with their mothers and their fathers that they were not there, that they were there. They may have been on drugs, that they were abusive. All of these things deal with the family aspect of the trauma. Outside of that, you have white people, black people. When you, do, when you come into the community, we all have trauma based on our interactions with Europeans, pilgrims, and things of that nature. Then we have traumatic experience fucking with niggas, okay? One thing that we all could relate to is that we had a traumatic experience with a nigger, all right, with the ER and the GA. And the GA, and the, the term of endearment nigger, them niggas too. You know what I'm saying? They've, they've been responsible for traumatic things, like one of my best friends, Tone, was killed by a nigger in 1993, and I can't get over that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it still traumatizes me to this day. You know what I mean? I was 
uh, a brother tried to cut my arm off in 1997, trying to cut my face. A brother who I broke bread with, and me and the brother fought together to, to, to protect ourselves and everything. That was very traumatic. You know, um, people tried to shoot my brother in the head when we were in high school. I, I still, I, sometimes I wake up, and, I, and that shit is on my mind. So when teachers come into the community and they study that and they realize that I could just get up there and just deal with the trauma, I could just tell these niggas how they was hung, castrated, cut in pieces, you know, we get up there with they get up there with the horror stories and they speak to people's pain bodies. Now anything when you're dealing with psychology, you know that if you speak to a person's pain body or their traumatic experience or their trauma, you now can have a motherfucker eating out your hands. Okay? But one of the caveats to that is you have to always pour on trauma. You will never really give them a solution. You just gotta give what you gotta get with the trauma. Yo, they hurt us. They did this to us. You know, they hate us. You know, and then we all become these fucking victims and shit. So now you have a level of teaching in the community where it's not trauma-based, where it's basically saying, look, this is me and my family. We're not in Disney World, nigga. We in Vegas at the Luxor. Killing it. We killing niggas right now. Look at us. We shining. You know, look at all of the uh, Europeans around us looking at us all weird and stuff. Or look at me hop out of a whip. I'm doing this because I'm dealing with my trauma. I'm not going to lie, bro. When I saw that video and you explained that, you said it, the it words came out of your mouth about you dealing with your desires based on trauma. That's when the shit really clicked for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I was I was still confused up until that point. I didn't understand what the movie was about. I, didn't, I, I tried to, you know, I'm like, what's going on right here? But I understand coming from a situation where I understand what trauma has done to us, coming from a community where our people can't seem to get past trauma and we don't want to deal with getting past trauma because there's not too many people in the community who are honest and sincere enough to say, yo, I'm dealing with your core issues, but I can't necessarily deal with one million of your core issues individually I'm going to have to do that shit. You're going to have to do it vicariously by me dealing with my core issues, by me dealing with my trauma. You could take a I, you could take a note or a page out of that shit and apply it to whatever the fuck you're going through because we all have situations that are unique to us. All right? So you are creating a level of uncomfortability within people who are not properly prepared to deal with their core issues because they feel lonely, they feel neglected. You dig what I'm saying? They don't feel like that's a caveat of what consciousness represents. Consciousness is supposed to feed the pain body. It's not supposed to deal with healing and curing. I know some people that say that that's the path of enlightenment. When they get past consciousness into something else, they deal with their healing. But I'm like, fuck that. We're not leaving the community until we deal with these issues. Now, if success and health and love and family is a way to do that, then we got to get behind everybody who represents that right fucking now. We got to identify the fact that that trauma shit did not work. It created more victims and scary Negroes because look at us. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, brother, I've seen a couple comments when I put up my all-access video. What the F is this? What the F is this? This is not black news. This is not real news, and they put links of us being murdered by somebody. So, like, you see, we got to lighten up sometimes. We can't always be seeing ourselves 
hanging from a tree or burning. Now, someone is saying, you're trying to hide from it. Bro, you can't give somebody that every day, and they know whenever I see you, this is what you're going to give me. You're only going to keep a small audience with that because most of the world is going to say, I need a day off from that. Is there a sunny day? You know, if you're not going to motivate me to get an idea of how a sunny day feels, then you're telling me to never come outside. And no matter what you say, there were people that came before us that lived in that so-called revolutionary mind, and guess what? They never got to live out their dreams, and they died. And another generation was born in a revolutionary state of mind refraining from doing that which they were ambitious to do. Very, very talented people that the world would never bear witness to because they stayed in these groups and conformed to the miserable status quo of what they were trying to project as being conscious. And they too died. So now our generation is here. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of thinking. I spend most of my life out my body, and it's not a spooky account. I'm reading most of my day, and that is a faculty that transcends the physical experience. When I come back to earth from reading, I'm going to go out and do something in this physical realm so I don't lose my mind, or lose sight of the fact that I still have to do time in this prison we call in physical existence. So, having said that, how are you going to convince people not to have? How are you going to convince people that they should just always enwrap themselves with this idea that everybody that's black is going to unite one day so long as they keep struggling by themselves individually. This is what they've been impressing upon our minds this whole time. If you would just conform to poverty, everything would work, but you Negroes want to have. You want to suck from master's titty. See, this is why I'm appreciative of my brother, Sa. He about to get him an S-class. 550 for his birthday. I'm supporting that. I'm working extra hard to make sure I can contribute yeah. to his life. You yeah. know why? Because Yo, we had everything taken from us, bro. Shout out to yeah. Sarnetta. We had everything taken from us, man. Yo, I just think about this. At this point, at this point, if I was starving my whole life, you going to shit on me if I get a chance to eat food because of who it comes from or who made it or who baked it? It's good food. But you telling me since the white man baked it, don't eat it? Listen to me. We were raped, robbed, and pillaged. They took our name, our land, our language, and all our other resources. We came to a foreign land with no idea of how to cultivate it, and we were farmers. We didn't understand what wintertime was. Our cells became sickle, and a host of other 
abnormalities became consistent with our newly found home. And after hundreds of years of having to endure suffrage, oppression, mass repression, being murdered and incarcerated for our political, social, and educational dissidents, we finally see the light of day. And the brother says, put those sneakers back. Return that car. Take that chain off. Go back to having nothing because we almost here. We about to have it. Just don't get it right now. This shit is insane. How the fuck can a person not have for so fucking long? And you condemn him for wanting to have. Understand it. You ain't got to like it. You can stay there. You don't need the car. You don't need the money. You don't need the women. You don't need none of that. Maybe you're more evolved. Or maybe, truth be told, you're fucking nuts. And you've convinced yourself that you're sane. And you're making everyone else crazy for normal ambitions. You can't take... <coughs> Listen. You can't take... A, for, you, a, a former king, you cannot take a former king or a former queen, a former empress, a former prince, a former princess, and submerge them in destitution or extreme poverty and think they won't start tweaking a little bit. You cannot take the progeny or the bloodline descendancy of royalty. You cannot take people that come from a lineage of royal blood, pride them of the royalties of this day and time without a backlash. That's why you see the youth not responding to the information. Because somewhere in their blood, resonates, when they see gold, when they see jewelry, when they see nice things, it is epigenetically embedded into their psychology that that shit is mine. And I don't care what anyone tells me. And I don't care if I ain't got enough money for it. I don't care if I don't have the money for it. I don't care if you tell me it's not the opportunity now. I don't care if you say I don't have the education. Damn it. That shit is mine. There's a part of us that knows it belongs to us. And you cannot keep suppressing that. Because everybody on this planet that is a part of our community is not just going to sit here and let their royalty subside for some crazed Negroes selling them on this idea of a bloody revolution that's going to happen at an indefinite date and let another generation die only for us to realize in our older age, I should have lived out some of my dreams. I should have made some of that music they told me don't make. I should have designed the clothes I always wanted to design. I should have drove the cars I always wanted to drive. I should have been with the sisters I always wanted to be with. But they told me the women that had these voluptuous bodies they told me the women with the fat ass, they told me she was no good, and I knew she was no good. 
but I still wanted to sin, but I didn't do it. I did it for them. And what did they do for me? They did absolutely nothing. Now I'm old and I ain't got shit. So now I don't want no one else to get shit. See, this is what we're dealing with right now. And people tell me, oh, this is that Aleister Crowley stuff, and this is that devil doctrine. This is that he's just he's just trying to change stuff. No, 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 no. I'm saying you're gonna get people to be loyal to you if you encourage them to do better for themselves. I'm not gonna encourage you to not have and not show you how to do better for yourself. That's a double negative. Where do we get off knocking people for wanting to make more money and then wanting to indulge on themselves? We made that a crime. Oh, you're being selfish. So, oh, so people are supposed to make money and give it to the causes you're interested in? How about you make the money you're interested in being made and you give it to the causes you want to go in? So why don't he give his money to you and those cars? Why don't you get it for school? That's that brother's dream. I want to see it. I donate a portion of my money. That's it. The burden can't be on one person. It's a whole community here. Why are you trying to suck at me into throwing away all my bread? And then when I don't have nothing, people are going to say, well, you shouldn't have gave all that much money. You should have rationed out your money the right way. <clears throat> so that's what they want to do. I'm going to live my dreams. And a big part of my dream is to indulge in myself to show people how it looks. I will be the deity of wealth in this motherfucker. I'm going to show people the fun that you can have when you push yourself to make bread so I can push other people to make money so they can live out their dreams. Who are you telling? <clears throat> and he was like, oh, so you ain't giving nobody no money now. Listen to this guy. I ain't giving nobody no money. That's what you're saying? Let's think about this. Let's think about this. When I come to Harlem, the situation that I created around myself is going to be over 40 vendors that's going to make money that day. 40 entrepreneurs. You're telling me give away money. I just created, I'm creating more money for people than I can give away where even the hater would say it don't make sense to give away that much money. If I went around and said, let me give 40 people some money. Because there's going to be vendors making $1,000, $1,500, $500 in a few hours when I come out. In a few hours. Imagine me trying to go around to 40 people and give them $1,000 and $1,500 and $500. But guess what? Me being polite, me being who I am, guess what happened? I created a situation. I created a situation, me being polite. Where I could come to town and over 40 families going to get fed and make more money than they make in a month or in a week or two weeks just because Polite came in town to do his event. And guess what? The people that's renting out the venue, they brown, and they're going to make money, and the janitors as part of the venue going to get a check because I'm keeping them open because Brother Polite is in town, and the chair guy that we got to pay, he's brown. He's a brown man. The sound guy, the DJ, they're both brown people. Security is brown. All brown everything. Everybody eating is of my complexion. My family going to make bread, 
but I know that's sacrilegious. Why, yo, fam, you got to make money. You got enough money. Why, why you got to make sure your children learn how to be entrepreneurs? Fuck. Just give them allowance, nigga. Give us money. Give us allowance. I know you want to hear my family going to make anything. They don't count. We talk all this family stuff, and you can't even appreciate the fact, yo, at least his family doing good. You don't care. You're conscious one minute, you're callous the next. If, it is, if it's not your wife and it's not your child, then you don't give a damn about it, do you? And you don't even hear yourself speaking. You don't even hear yourself. So, yeah, my family going to eat. Son of his family is going to eat. 40 friends is going to eat. The venue is going to eat. The maintenance for the venue. The chair guy. The security. The, sounds, the sound guy. My brother Smack. So you know how good I feel that I create a situation around myself. Well, with 50 people going to make money without working for the white man. And while this is all taking place, there's people that's going to be benefiting from the information, people that's going to be motivated to study more, people that's going to be motivated to watch more conscious lectures. And I'm stimulating the economy and the conscious community by creating so much attention around myself that somebody's going to pick up an AA Rashid DVD, a blue or red pill DVD, and get hooked on you guys and start keeping up with what you guys do and say, you know what, I first got put on to you for that debate. That was my first class. I bought one of your DVDs. I couldn't stop listening. People should support what I'm doing. I'm stimulating the economy here. I'm creating a better situation. It's more viable for our people. And if we keep this consistent and it grows, then we can really talk about consistent jobs that we can produce or create from our own intellectual property. We can enterprise. That's the goal. So pan-Africanism is on the rise when I come in that day, because I just want to show people what it looked like when you work hard, when you walk in the rain with a shopping cart, with a little bit of books, because you ain't have enough money to produce your own products, and you hoping people buy your books. And you're cooking the food and you send your family in a cab because it's raining, but you'll walk to the Marcus Garvey Center in the rain. People don't know my stories. One day, Inky was walking with me in the rain. Like, yo, this shit is crazy. So don't worry about it, polite. I ain't worried, bro. I know what I, I know what my faith is. I know what my fate is. <clears throat> he said, well, I'm worried. Shit. It ain't looking too good. But, you know, you motivate me. You walking in the rain with your stuff just to save some money. Walking from bed to the Marcus Garvey Center in Brooklyn. Flatbush with a shopping cart with the food dripping, messing up some of the books that I just got made, killing my money. Go there and I'm wet and sweating at the same time, trying to make a name for myself. To educate people. <clears throat> there was no one really running to the door. Hey, you brother Polite, I was kind of starting. They like, oh, we didn't get this brother a shot. Heard it before. He sounded pretty cool. <clears throat> it rained. I have to sit here and wonder how much people didn't come because it's raining. I'm willing to come out my house when it's raining and push a shopping cart and walk there. But people live around the corner. It's raining. They ain't coming out. Now, I ain't going to lie you, I'm looking forward to this money hitting the door so I can live to teach again and show my family 
that through teaching we can sustain ourselves <clears throat> so I can encourage them to become part of the situation, maybe crochet some earrings, make something, and sell it in this community. But damn, the crowds were too small for us to really make money. The little bit I made, I had to put on my rent, and that was it. So I got a, I got an abundance of people, a plethora of people that seen me work my way up. Simon see me. Nadra see me. Inky see me. Rashid see me. Twins see me. So when I come up and you say I'm showing off, I say I'm exhaling. It's not showing off. It's exhaling because I couldn't breathe all those years. I was grinding. I couldn't breathe. I had a family relying on me to make money, and I'm telling them this consciousness is what it is, and we were struggling. Damn their own life support fucking with this shit. I remember days thinking about going going to work. I was on the lowest of my lows when I was getting on this conscious thing, and it wasn't working. <clears throat> and I was getting people to come out. Hype, because I had 100 people come out. But by the time I paid for the venue... It killed me. The fucking venue's like a thousand dollars. A hundred people came out, twenty dollars each person. I only got a thousand left to myself. And I gotta give Simon his bread for promoting a percentage. <clears throat> I gotta pay for the chair guy. I forgot I ain't pay for him. Dollar fifty per chair. Bought too much chairs. Fuck. Bought a hundred and fifty chairs, only had a hundred and fifty people come out. Damn. So after I pay mm-hmm. some and I pay the chair guy, I pay some and I pay the chair guy, I pay the venue. Motherfuckers like, yo, can you lower the price at the door? If I lower it at the door, I'll be paying for y'all to come in. And I ain't mm-hmm. got it. And anybody that knows this knows what it is when you look in like, damn, when you bring a, a speaker in and saying to yourself, I ain't even got the rest of the bread for the speaker. Shit. I'm going to have to try to raise some money here with the family. Then you raise it, and you like, yo, I don't want to do this, but I might have to talk to the speaker and let him know. Like, yeah. And the speaker tell you, yo, I'm hurting too. And you look on his eyes, and you can tell he is hurting too. And you say it to yourself, now, this motherfucker is the speaker. I am the organizer. These are the people. Ain't nobody got no fucking brand in this bitch. And meanwhile, you leave the lecture and people are like, oh, this shit is all about money for them. They're like, nah, I know how to make drugs. I'm, listen, if it's all about money, I go back to what I know how to do. I'll be burning 12-12 slim bags and pinching the motherfuckers and being on the block. <clears throat> so I know I'll be cutting the straws at the diagonal and flipping them krills in that motherfucker. I know. Too much cut, throw it in there. Boil it, throw some ice in it, let it come back, rock hard. I know what to do. So don't tell me it's about money. Because I know how to get that shit ASAP in real time. If I wanted to be back on my dope boy shit right now, I got niggas waiting for me. Waiting for me to get back on the block, get back on my gang shit, be cavity and get it in again. I don't fuck with no one tell me. They, yo, man, you just make that shit up, man. I can go in my hood every fucking day. Ain't no one stopping me from coming in the veil. 
my team is dead. Them videos, oh, those are actors. Those are not gang members. Yeah, you tell yourself that. Run up on us, though. Come out March 20th and see if, the, see if this shit is a fake situation. Come my security, gang members. Now it's got a few legal ratchets on me because that's what we got to do. <clears throat> and we still going to ride a little dirty. That's what you got to do in case the legal guys get pushed back. We got to have some dirty niggas there. But we don't carry the dirty around us. Just keep it very close. This is all I'm saying, man. You don't, you don't know the trauma. <clears throat> then saying to yourself, I ain't got much money. I just made a little bit. I'm leaving a lecture with $400 fucking dollars and I got a family. What the fuck is $400 in my pocket? I need to do another lecture. I want to teach. So fuck it, I'm going to study, I'm going to study, I'm going to study and see if I can make some bread. Niggas telling me, yo, you're not supposed to be trying to make some bread in the process. Excuse me? I'm spending mad time studying and I'm sharing this information with the people I'm studying. You mean to tell me I can't? I'm supposed to feel guilty for being confident? Listen, I'm doing this to make some money. Like the school teacher, go to school to teach children to make some money? Why the fuck can't I teach to make some money? Why are you making that bad? Why are you making me try hmm. to feel fucking guilty for teaching in the community for money? What the fuck is wrong with that? Them niggas is hitting us with $30,000 student loans and ain't teaching us shit. And ain't nobody trying to get a refund on a student loan. Conscious class in the community and I'm fucking underpaid. And I'm spending hours out my day knowing my family want my time, my attention, and my energy. But I'm reading these books here. I'm reading. And I'm doing my best to give you some shit you ain't never fucking heard. I'm not even, no chaser. If I don't even like the information, I'm going to dig into my pocket with the little money I got, and I'm going to get the best book I could fucking find until I find that thing. And when I find that thing, let me call these people up and let them know I got to get back in the forum again because I got some shit I want to drop. I got some shit when they hear this. Woo! Because I fuck with the information hard body. I'm just distracted because I ain't got no goddamn money. Hmm. I ain't got no fucking money. And I'm trying to study. Do you know the John Q shit going through my mind? Like maybe I should stick up a fucking bank so I can get this information to the people. Do you understand how fucked up that is when you're thinking about trapping so you can teach? People don't even know what it is for real brothers, man, that really want to get Every day that I studied, it was a fucking struggle. And I know I'm about this information. Because most niggas would have stopped fucking studying if they had to deal with the pressure I had to deal with. I balanced the fucking study and the stress of knowing I ain't know where my next fucking dollar was coming from. And I got to wait another month and a half before my next lecture drop. And God forbid that motherfucker rain or it snow. And winter season is a, is a drought. There ain't nobody going to do no lecture during no fucking winter season. Hey, we're going to try to start early in February and hope the weather ain't bad. <laughs> Yo, people don't know, man. What am I trying to know. study thinking about money, bro? Thinking about, I'm page three. It's a thick fucking book, 600 pages. Why I keep doing this to myself? How much, how much, by the time I get on page 600, I might be on the fucking streets, homeless. Fuck is my, what am I doing reading this thick ass book? I won't survive this fucking book. What am I doing reading this book? I won't survive this book. See how crazy that is, man? Y'all don't know what we got to go through just to bring this information for a nigga to turn around and tell me I ain't supposed to do it for money? 
We don't do it mm. for money in the first fucking place. There's a bunch of shit we could do. But, nigga, if I'm in here, I better get paid. Like, everybody else get paid to provide a service. Why the fuck can't I get paid to provide a service? Mm-hmm. Especially when I know I'm putting my heart in this. Why I can't get a tip? Why Why got to be illegal? Because I'm smart. But the cop can make his money. And the teacher can make their money. <clears throat> the boxer can make his money. But you'll be damned if you find out a brother who's smart trying to make his money in this community. What do you want us to do, man? So I don't knock nobody. So after all that pressure I had to undergo, all that pressure of not having, do you know what it is? <clears throat> Listen, when I wasn't conscious, I had to go through my struggle till I found my way up. I had to struggle when I wasn't conscious. Then when I found my way up, I got conscious and found out I was doing the wrong damn thing. So I had to go back down and have nothing. Now I'm finding my way again. You ain't supposed to be benefiting like that, though. Hold on. You mean to tell me I have nothing prior to consciousness, and now that I'm conscious, I'm supposed to make sure I still don't have nothing? You want me to kill myself? You want my wife to leave me? You want my wives to leave me? You want my children to leave me? You want me to feel like a fucking sucker as a father? You know the fucking burn you get? When you got children and you reading these fucking books and your children want to do shit and you got to tell them you can't really do it the way you want to do it. Do you know the fucking pain that shit feel? Because I went through that mad days in my life, mad days, where I'm telling my children one day we're going to be up. And they looking at me studying like, what the fuck is daddy still studying? <clears throat> and the women I can feel in their mind, they wondering, when is he going to go outside and do something a little different than studying? Is that really bringing the money? And I'm dealing with the pressure because this shit is addictive, the stuff I'm reading. And I'm like, I want to share this with the people. Hopefully, I just really come up and make some good money for the lecture so they can see what I'm talking about. So they can feel me and endure and, and, and be a little bit more patient with me. This shit brings tears to my eyes, tears to my eyes right now just thinking about the pressure I had when I couldn't give my little girls what they wanted because I was over here studying and I wasn't hitting the block. <clears throat> I was studying. Because I couldn't do them both. I couldn't hustle and study. And I'm preparing for a lecture. I'm telling them one day I'm going to become something. One day I'm going to do so good that you will never have to worry about me not giving you again. Because I'm studying. So now I fucking got an opportunity. Now I created a situation around myself. All I want to do is motivate other brothers and sisters that went through what I went through. And let them know don't fucking quit. Keep studying. I didn't tell you to spook out. Feed your family, but keep studying. Balance the shit out, but don't quit on the study. Stay persistent at what you do, because it's the consciousness in the first place that's going to magnetize you to what you deserve in this lifetime. I deserve every fucking thing I got. I'm not letting no one take it from me. I, I waited long enough not to have shit my whole fucking life. <clears throat> fucking father leave me at eight. Meet my mom. She died the week I met her when I turned 17. What the fuck else you want from me? I only knew my mother for a week in my life. Sometimes I feel I'm better off if I never met her. What niggas want from me? What they want? I just need to have. It's therapy. You don't understand it? Maybe you're not supposed to. I got to have. I got to give my family. They deserve it. They stayed with me when I ain't have nothing. 
They believed in me when everybody else was shitting on me, when when my wise mothers were shitting on me, telling me I ain't shit, telling them to leave me. They stayed with me. My children never turned on me. They never let no one talk no shit about me. They believed I was going to be great. They believed one day I was going to get this money. They believe all my stories about when I get this money, I'm going to take it to Disneyland and all them places. But I got this thing in me, I just got to keep studying. I can't stop. People don't know, man. They don't know. I'm more conscious than a lot of people. I'm more conscious than a lot of them. They don't know. So when I come out and I come strong and they say you arrogant and you egotistical, but they don't understand that so many people be trying to beat me down and tear me down that I got to come out strong. I can't let them see me down. Because they'll capitalize off of that and try to bring me back to the father that couldn't do for his family, couldn't do for his wives. And I'm never going back there again for nobody. No one's going to convince me to ever go back into that real fucked up space. I'm never going back there again for no one. I love to look oh. on my children's face when I give them whatever they want, whenever they want it. They ain't a better fucking feeling in the world. I love to look on my wife's face when I'm sitting courtside, looking at her, looking at me like this used to be on TV. Now we on it. Y'all don't know, man. Pan-Africanism is on the rise. I know I'm supposed to do in my life. I'm supposed to use all this negative shit I was sacrificing to this fucking world. I was supposed to use all this, the culmination of all this negativity to tell my fucking uh-huh. story, to rise niggas up, man, to, to get our brothers to just come the fuck up and don't let niggas fucking tear them down and try to suppress them. You have no idea what it's like when a, when a nigga don't get a book in the mail and he turn around and make me out to be a fraud. Like I'm sitting here purposely making sure a nigga don't get a shit. You don't know what it's like to have niggas working for you, chucking niggas, and you don't know, and everything goes on you. And nobody wants an explanation for you. No, 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 no. He's a fraud because you hate me because I say something different about your religion. You're so caught up about your connection with this God that you will capitalize off of anything against a man that disagrees with you. And you turn him into something that he's really not. But I endure it. I take it all. I take it all. And I understand we're sick. I'm sick too. So I learned, don't take it personal. These people sick, and so am I. But I got the antidote for mine. And the only sad shit is, they don't know what's the antidote for this. I know what I got to do to cure me. But this shit is temporary. The car's a band-aid. The money's a band-aid. My family's the antidote. So long as they fucking happy, I'm healed. Whatever the fuck they want. My wife won $5,000 pair of shoes. She getting that shit. I don't give a fuck when no one tell me. My daughter want to go to Disneyland twice a month the last two months. You know what? I don't give a fuck. She going to get it. I'll just hustle hard again, make sure I replace that. But they going to get whatever the fuck they want whenever they want it. That's what a real man would do. Fucking tell mm-hmm. me shit. If they ain't have nothing for long enough. Enough is enough with them not having shit. Enough is enough. I'm not with that shit no more. I'm not letting them not have again. As long as I'm fucking alive. I promise, the second I get to a place where it's safe for me to do the shit I want to do for you, I will not go back down. But you got to let me get into a safe zone. 
because I won't fuck up prematurely and we got in our mind how it felt for a little bit of time. Let me get in a safe zone. I'm a smart man. I'm too smart to be broke. I'm too smart to be broke. I'm way too fucking smart to be broke. I'm too smart to be broke. Let me ask you something. I'm too smart to scam. I'm too smart to be broke. Niggas can say whatever the fuck they want. I know I'm too intelligent to do the shit niggas is talking about. I'm too fucking smart to be struggling. And that's where everybody should be telling themselves that know who they are in this community. You're too fucking smart to be struggling. You got talent. Separate yourself from whoever you're around because you've been around them for years and you ain't popping. It's because the people you surround yourself with the company that you keeping. We too brilliant, man. I want to I wanna interject uh, rather add on real quick and ask you a question. I want to go down memory lane with you real quick. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, bro. I need to ask that. you touched on you touched, yeah, go, you know, you, you, you definitely are releasing, you know what I mean? And, um, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I recall back to a conversation that I had with you, uh, a few years ago, because you brought up something about the promises that you made to your family about premature, making, making the wrong move prematurely and sacrificing or, throwing away everything that was built up. I can recall 2000, what year did you go against SETI? 12, 2012? I think so, about 2012 or so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the beginning of that buildup. Like, I, be- I remember the announcement. I remember the whole buildup around it. I remember the show that you came on Nota Legend did about the white man not being the devil and the controversy that ensued as a result of that and then the eventual debate that that um got booked as a result of that book, right? And I remember being pissed off at you, like, yo, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you doing, polite? Like, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you drove all around, you did the you did the tour with your family yeah, I was burning up the highway. We did the radio show where you, we did four hours on one show. The shit was so hot, we booked another four hours. We got off the phone four in the morning, inky driving right. up the road and everything. And I was yeah, like, show. <laughs> and I was like, how, how are you doing all of this just to go into a debate, you know what I'm saying, and sacrifice it all? I didn't, I didn't see the vision. At that at that one point, not to say that I didn't see the overall vision, that one juncture, it was, like, confusing to me because I was like, damn, bro, you, you could be putting it all on the line, and I don't really feel like, you know, that you put in all of this work to get into this whole, you know, having people hate you, people want to pick sides now. Because, you know, I'm on, you know, you know how the streets is. The streets take pictures for you. So fast forward. You know, you went ahead, you went and did what you had to do, you handled your business, you persevered, you kept it moving. Did you ever hear from your immediate circle, right, did they ever sit back and say to themselves, you know, 
I don't think this is the right thing. You're doing this prematurely. Brother, um, I don't feel like this is the right direction. And I'm only asking you that because I'm not in the in the circle when the conversations are being had and, you you know, you're letting the family know what's your upcoming moves and things of that nature. But for somebody on the outside looking in, and I'm using myself as an example because I'm being honest about how I saw a situation at a, at a time. And I'm sure that if I saw it like that, there may be other people who may see certain things that you may do and be like, damn, bro, what you doing? Like, it's not, you know, that's not the, that's, that might not be the right path for you to go, blase bloom. So just share with us, you know, when you go into situations like that and you know that you'll have doubters and detractors and people who may not understand your moves, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, how do you, how do you handle that? And did it ever come from within, from within the circle? Yeah, um, I've, I've always... That's the beauty of having several sisters in the house because they all have their perspectives. So I'm always being, I'm always had the opportunity to beseech counsel from the women of the household, and they give me vision. You know, women they can be very clairvoyant, especially when there's potential for something negative, like a friend around you, a woman they'll see ahead of time that guy is not going to be no good to you, man. He's not a good friend. And you're like, man, that's my homie. Then later on, you would be like, damn, she's right again. So women always got that kind of energy. You be thinking she's negative. She got. I used to say, man, you got negative eyeballs, man. Your eyeballs always seeing something negative, man. What the hell? You got like you got negative shade contacts on or some shit. And I don't know about, but <clears throat> always right nonetheless. So I used to be told in the house, like, yo, you know you're going this direction. We with you. But I was given this, like, you know, like sometimes you might have to behave like white people when it comes to race. I'm like, what are you talking about? My wife told me this. What are you talking about? You know, we know they call black people niggas. We know they saying that shit secretly. We know when they in the ranks with their own friends and family, they saying that uncomfortable talk that comes off uncomfortable when they're around us. But in their conversations within the confines of their house, I'm pretty sure they're very comfortable with kicking that real. So she said, when it comes to religion, when it comes to politics, this community likes to dance around the same topics over and over. We know there's people going in their house not agreeing with everything that's being said, but if it's just popular and accepted, we go for it. So you might be too young in the game to pull it off with these different ideas you got in your mind, you know, wanting to show money, wanting to show nice cars. For a little bit, it was like, yo, don't do it. All right, let me test the waters. I show a picture. I'm like, God damn, what the fuck? Like, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Test the waters again. Damn. But after a while, you know, I realized I just want to live my life. You know, the worst feeling that I get from a teacher is to hear them sound like they're angry that they're teaching. <clears throat> and I heard, 
I went through a month of just studying everybody. One time, I went through a month of studying them. I'm saying study. I'm listening to hours of people that I thought was full of shit, but I was just like, I'm going to listen to them too. Hours, and that shit was torture. But I listened just to see where people at. And the one thing that was very common was the fact that the one thing that was very common was the fact that people seemed very angry about what they were saying, but even more angrier that they had to say it. And I felt like I know when I got this information, I was so happy. I wanted to share it with everybody. And when I look at the way people communicate this information in the community, it looks like they're bitter. It looks like they're angry and they're frustrated that they even here happen to tell it to me. So I said, I got to change my vernacular. I can't, I can't speak to people like that. It's not me. I've always been happy. I tried to speak like I'm pissed off all the time, but it's not in my spirit. If I know mm-hmm. it, I'm happy I know it. If you listen to me, I'm glad I got the opportunity to tell it to you. So while other people say you goofing around, you play around too much, or you be joking at inopportune times, no, you guys are not smiling enough. This is why when I came out to L.A. and I seen your brother Blue, I linked up with Hey on day one. <clears throat> when I knew I was popping, I rolled up in the flying spur. Bentley, like, yo, what's up? The newest shit. Flying spur. If I trade that shit in for something a little cheaper, because I didn't want to overstep my boundary. <clears throat> and I had an opportunity to switch up. You know what I'm saying? But I was rocking the flying spur for a little minute. They would tell you. Mm-hmm. And I would just come through, check them, and then I say, yo, we got to hang out. <laughs> like, all right, cool. AA don't even hang out like that. But we hung out, man, and it was a, it was an amazing experience. We had a lot of fun. And <clears throat> that's what I think drew the bond together, man. That's what That was what I needed to seal the deal, that off-the-court mm-hmm. experience. I know how we ball on the court when we're in the lecture circuit. But who are you really? I need to know... Do the drugs come out on your off the court sessions? Like, or is there alcohol? Are you an asshole off the court? You know, mm-hmm. are you a arrogant or annoying personality that I don't want to be around, or are you the arrogant, annoying personality that I think is funny? And though it bothers me, it's one of those type of energies where you're like, man, but I understand the person. I'm cool. I don't know who you are. I only know. Mm-hmm. You portray yourself as because <clears throat> you hang out with people outside the circuit. What's going to happen is eventually the real personality is going to come to surface. They're going to slip and they're going to wind up being who they really are. And some people hey. are. <laughs> AA is like. I was. I was. Hey, the I, same I, dude. I could relate because I hung out with somebody off court and it didn't take but a few hours and that person revealed themselves. By saying one of the craziest shit that I ever heard somebody say in the presence of their brothers and sisters, you know. So, yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. So I, see, I said this I about the conscious community. I don't mean to cut your wisdom. No, no, go ahead, bro. We get together, like you said, on court. 
meaning that we come together and at these debates and at these lectures, and it's a beautiful sight. I love the social um, aspect of it, the socializing aspect of it. But I always keep in mind that we have 15-minute breaks or 30-minute breaks, and some of us are somewhat, you know, if we're tardy, we miss, we miss the opening segment of the lecture where the majority of people are because after the break, sometimes they leave, and towards the end, people just trickle out, you know, in their respectable uh, files or whatever. So it's like you really don't get the chance to see one of your homies who you was in the streets with for damn near 20 years ago, and he pops up at the lecture and taps you on the shoulder. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know you was on it like that. Uh, you don't get to see the person. You don't really get to build with the brother who comes up to you and says, yo, you helped change my life. Blase Bloom, this is where my business is now because I was listening. I want to show you something. You're like, yo, all right, write, write your number in the book. I'm going to get at you afterwards. There's no social platform. There's no social outing that we go as a people. Like I said, when we spoke earlier, my, my prerequisite to a lot of people is the same thing that you said. I'm like, yo, we, we need to get at least three drinks in our system, go hang out or something because I want to see how you operate outside of this controlled environment. Like, let's go and have some bread. Let's go and eat. One of the main things that will bring me and another person closer where you can really get to know one of your brothers is labor, like working together, like getting your hands dirty. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, seeing who's really a go-getter versus who's just talking that shit. You know what I mean? Um, I remember going to work on a construction site, and by the first day, at the end of the day, everybody was cool because we were looking out for each other's best interests on the construction site because it was a deadly site, you know. So I can relate to everything that you're saying, man. We really need those of us. Even even when we were in Atlanta, Barnett and us, and even when we were in D.C. at the Million Man March, we had the hotel, and when we were in Atlanta at the hotel, when we were in Detroit, that experience is an experience that I fit I, that that was one of my most conscious experiences you know being with the brothers off the off when the cameras were off you know eating breakfast at the round table with my brothers who I look up to um going to the gym into the spa working out hitting the pool and all of that like it made me feel like we could really be a community but I'm gonna let you continue I'm with it bro yeah, I just ultimately, like I said, I I just want to motivate our people. I want to let them know that they can achieve great heights, and I don't want to tell them what they already know. I want to show them what they know so they can say it's evident. Because sometimes, I mean, not even sometimes, we know our people, if you tell them about something that works, you know what they're going to tell you? You do it first, and I'm going to watch you. <clears throat> if it look good, then I'm going to jump in. That's what yeah, they this say. Is what, this is what Poverty is done to us, man. Like, you can't even tell somebody something that makes sense. You can't even make them read it themselves. If they know you was reading it first, even if they read it themselves, they want you first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and that's what it is right now. So I don't see no other way in my world to make it work. <clears throat> in other people's world, they got a clever way, and their spirit will demonstrate the same for how to make it work. My spirit force tells me 
to do it the way that I'm doing it now. I have a, I have a special interest in people that are in games. I got a special interest in people that are into violent music. I got a special interest in women that have amazing bodies, according to the brothers. I got a special interest in them. And, you know, I know people going to play around. Yeah, yeah, you want to have sex with them and that. Yeah, I do. I, I think they're beautiful. Not in the form of adultery, though. I don't, I'm not going to disrespect my family. But what I'm telling you is this, and this is what it's about, being honest. I got special interest in them because these are influential people. If it's not the preacher, it's going to be the teacher or the gangster. It's going to be the the prostitute. It's going to be the stripper. You can look down at the prostitute. You can look down on the hole all you want. In everybody's heart, they're willing to take a risk and have they joined it, you know, whatever the case may be. Somewhere in the Negro's heart, he's willing to make an unnecessary sacrifice because she's amazing. She just looks amazing. Her attitude is amazing. And you're saying, damn, I couldn't find me a good sister uh, or a sister that's not doing those things. This one has to be the most amazing woman I ever met, but she's shaking her ass for everybody. But these are powerful people, too. The gangsters are shooting people and getting locked up and doing drugs and selling drugs. These are some of the most amazing people you will ever meet in your life if you ever had the opportunity to communicate with them. The stripper has so much courage because no one is here saying, I want to strip from the time they're born. They were scared to death on day one. Guaranteed. They wasn't even sure if they should do this. They just didn't want to lose. So in my world, where everyone has turned their back on these people, I was in that world. I was in the underworld. So my heart goes out to those people because I know the things that I did, it hurt my stomach literally before I did what I have to do on them streets. I know it wasn't in me to be wicked. I just wasn't trying to lose. And I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have knowledge. And I didn't have the support cast. I, I, I didn't really have nothing. I don't like to make excuses. But I don't know how not to make nothing an excuse. <laughs> I got to be conscious first before I can understand it's always something. If I'm not conscious, then nigga, I got nothing. If I'm not reading, I got nothing. If no one's teaching me, I got nothing. The elders wasn't pulling my shirt. They were scared to death of me. I had a teardrop in my eye. Nobody was even trying to look at me and make eye contact. So what do you do when no one's educating you and people quit on you already? And the only people that are left that may help you, may have come from where you come from, maybe not as deep as you're in it, but they themselves forgot that they were once amongst your ranks. Maybe not the same rank, but somewhere in there. And they started putting on these unks, and they started putting on their Magan David or these sticky point stars, and they forgot about the very people that they were in ranks with. <clears throat> They're holier than thou. You can't tell them nothing now. They were on the street oh. cursing out the woman wearing the form-fitting clothes. But that woman, for all we know, may give birth to someone, metaphorically speaking, 
a Messiah type of personality, a savior. <clears throat> no one ever asks who was Elijah Muhammad's mother and what was she doing. No one ever does the research on who was Dr. King's mother. No one does the research on who was Malcolm X. What are we presuming? We think all these people were holy? Somebody was probably shaking their fucking ass? This is hmm. the sad reality of growing up in poverty. You think Malcolm X and Martin Luther King's and Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Jew Ali's, you think all these people's mothers was just on the up and up? But no one even cares to find out who these people's mothers are and whatever conditions they were subject to. They still produce those children. So how can we turn our back on these mothers on these streets? I don't give a fuck what a black woman does. I ain't turning my back on her. That's worth everything I love. I'll be that one. I'll be that brother. I don't give a fuck if she's doing head all goddamn day for a living. I don't care. I'm not quitting on that sister. We got to talk to her because uh-huh. something's not right, man. I don't care if she's shaking her ass all day for strangers. I don't care if she's having sex with men all day for strangers. Because I know naturally and instinctively that is not a black woman in her right mind. That is a woman who has uh-huh. gone crazy. And we might be able to bring her back to reality if we don't quit on her. Still may give birth to one of the greatest minds we ever bear witness to. We don't know. But I'll tell you what. We've quit it on each other for so long, we're prolonging our liberation. We're prolonging our upliftment. So I'm not going to turn my back on the drug dealers and the killers and the prostitutes. I welcome them in. That's why we're doing what we're doing for Sunday, March 20th. That's why the hood is allowed in there. That's why I'm calling all gangbangers, calling all brothers that do the battle rap, calling all the most ratchet motherfuckers possible. If it scares you, stay the fuck away from me. These are our people, too. And these are the ones that's not afraid. That revolution you talking about ain't going to happen with the motherfuckers in this community. They wouldn't dare pick up a fucking gun. They wouldn't quit their job if their life depended on it. They wouldn't do what they have to do to survive if they was put into that compromising position. But you know what? The drug dealers, the gangbangers, the prostitutes, whether you like it or not, that's your warrior class. I don't condone the behavior. But that's a class of black people that if the shit pop off, they already acclimated themselves to doing whatever it is they got to do to survive. Most of these other brothers and sisters going to be able to do is throw a fucking onk in the middle of the wall. They won't even be able to stab nobody with the plastic spikes on their arms. And we got the nerve to look down on our people like we all are not entrapped. They just was in there a little deeper than we got there. We would have been there too for those of us that haven't gone there. Count your blessings that you ain't go that far, but don't turn your back on your people. So, yeah, when I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm marketing myself. If you don't get it, you weren't supposed to get it. You don't need to have it. You don't got it, fine with me. But I can't limit myself to communicating to only a certain cycle demographic. I got to spread it out. See, when I teach on that stage, it's going to cater to the world because I'm not going to misrepresent our race when I'm supposed to be in an intellectual forum competing against another race. I'll be damned. 
But mm-hmm. I have to also market myself a certain way to entice our brothers and sisters that are part of the underworld. That's gaining more momentum by the day because the media loves those destructive images. Yes. So what do we do? We just ignore it and say we're going to keep doing what we do. We see the old models not working. I love the elders. But I you've been trying to hit them. Our elders' classes getting less and less people when they come to town. The lecture circuit drying up. Right, say you're not making enough money, the shit gonna die out. <clears throat> the lecture circuit's drying out. We gotta adapt and adjust. People who used to bring four hundred people out, their numbers is cut in half and less. You can't turn around and hate on me because I found a new working model. I'm trying to revive your career. I'm trying to create a hmm. space so you can still teach that truth and not be undermined. And, and they don't throw you in a category with so-called boring people. The information is never boring if it's uplifting. But we, got, we cannot be afraid to be innovative in order to reach our people, especially the ones that need it the most. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. So Sunday, March 20th, 2016, Harlem, New York, get those pay-per-view tickets. Be there in the building. Let's get the energy going. All around the world, particularly in the Eastern Hemisphere, they create situations where thousands of people will chant or think on the same thing at the same time. And it has been proven that they do bring about change when they get everyone thinking on the same thought. Let's get all of us in tune. Let's get on that Mm -hmm. pay-per-view. Pay attention to it. Go on. Watch and, and root for your race. We've created a sport out of intellect. Don't tell me you can watch boxing and you can comment on who won and who lost and who you wanted to win and who you didn't want to lose. Don't tell me you can watch basketball for enjoyment. Don't tell me you can watch tennis for enjoyment and then turn around and say, I can't appreciate what this brother's bringing to the table to turn thinking into sport where people have to read books and study for long hours on end and have preliminary discussions that are rooted in finding out the truth. Don't tell me you can't appreciate the mental boxes. Don't tell me you can't appreciate scholarship turning into sport. We live in a world of reality TV. We live in a world that is highly competitive. We live in a capitalistic system where you have to be competitive. Like it or not, that's what's going on. So we're going to project or present ourselves to our community. We have to let some of our ego subside and do that which we may not have conceived of doing before so we don't become a dying breed called a conscious community. Pan-Africanism is on the rise. But Can I do this, sisters, brother? Yeah, you're going to have to make adjustments, family, or, you, or we're going to become a dying breed out here. We're going to become extinct. When you say, <laughs> when you say Pan-Africanism and consciousness at the same time, the shit is like candy, man. You wind up summoning people. So <laughs> Mr. Pan-African himself is in a building. Mr. Conscious Community himself is in a building. You know, our, our good brother, brother Sinetta, man, the old jizzle. So we got to go ahead yeah. and open up the OG line real quick. So no one second. 2012stores.com, 2012 yeah, 
S-T-O-R-E-S.com. Get your tickets to come to the event. It's still time. <clears throat> Drive into town. Come into town. Shack up. Lock yeah, come and be with your brothers, together. man. Come and link Get up with the family, family. You already know. Let it's me go ahead and great. open up Sai's line. Call it from the 646-676. Peace and welcome to Know the Ledge. Peace and Black Power family, what's going on? Peace, oh, man. my brother. Peace to the man. God. Peace we, to the you know. Peace to the show. Peace to Know the Ledge. Is AA still on? Yes, sir. I, guess, I believe I he's guess in the, AA yeah, he's still in the building. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, of course. Peace to my motherfucking comrade. Polite, of course. Dropping yes, that sir. knowledge as usual. Dropping them bombs. <laughs> You know, I like Look. that shit when you said, yo, what you going to throw, a unk and shit? <laughs> real talk right there, man. And, and I'm feeling you, brother. Those are the real people. When you really look at it polite, those are the real people, the drug dealers, the, the prostitutes, the dope dealers. And we're not saying that we condone it, but we know That's that right. they are going to keep it real, you know. That's right. This is become, you become Pharaoh, you become all kind of fucking names that we have. And now you are holier than thou. You are the baddest motherfucker that ever did it. That's crazy. Your real fighters are those people right there. You see what I'm saying? That's the fighters, and those are the ones that we got to get. So I agree 100% with my brother Polite. Every time me and brother Polite throw an event, people come out the woodworks to to work against us instead of trying to work with us. Why is that? That's what we need to do. We need to get into the psychic of that mindset. Like, why would you want to tear down a black power movement? You got niggas that's making videos right now as we speak talking about <laughs> the conscious community is dead. Come on. No, nigga. You dead. You dead in that room you in. Because on <laughs> April the 20th, we're going to show you that the conscious community is not dead. On April March the 20th. 20th we're going to show you, I mean, on, on March, my bad, on March the 20th, we're going to, I'm thinking about my birthday, god damn, I can't, I got yeah, my birthday in my body. He's thinking about that, he's thinking about that big boy. Yeah, 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 on March the 20th, on March the 20th, we're going to show all you hating Negroes that the conscious community is alive and well, and the only one that is dead is you, nigga, because you on the sidelines. Wishing you could step in the shoes of Brother Polite or Brother Sarnetta or Red Pill or the Blue Pill or even the shit that we do on the 125th. We outside, man. So that's all I wanted to bring out there, man. I'm gonna show, We're going to show y'all that every time we do it, we're going to do it bigger and better because we really do it for the people, man. You already know. That's real talk. You already know. You already Your family know. Family, join us. 2012stores.com, 2012stores.com. Everyone's coming out. The Canadians are coming out. The UKers, I, I don't know what they call themselves. The UKers Yo, are coming Polite, out. You know, Nicholas, Nicholas sold out of tickets the other day, and we had to re- one, re-upload them. Nicholas in Harlem. They sold yeah, out of tickets, brother. So, Early I mean, then we done it before. it's going to be crazy. Time. I think we got a little venue, but... First come, y'all. The quicker you come, y'all get a better seat. So make sure y'all be in the building. The building can hold what, Polite? About 800? I made a a T-shirt, and I printed a ticket on it, and them shits are selling. So it's selling. (laughs) How how how, how does a ticket look, Red Pill? 
You could put a Sanubi at Paros, a Pharaonic. Throw on that new covenant shirt. You know? That's what you put on. So what I want to say, man, is that, yo, brother, you only got one fucking life. You got one chance. And I'm feeling polite when he say, yo, when you get fucking old, don't regret your life like, damn, I should have had that car. Or damn, I should have did that. Or damn, I should have married that car right there. Because... Mm -hmm. When you look back at it, you're going to see all your people gone. And they're just going to say, well, damn, brother, you didn't live your life out. You didn't live your yeah, life out. So you got to live that out, phone. man. Stop. Hello? Yeah, talk about it in your phone. Yeah, I'm in my phone. No, I, I, we wasn't able to hear you that clear. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, what I was saying was, brother, we only got one chance at this, man. Ain't no other opportunities. Once it's over, it's over. You see, mm-hmm. what's going on is people try to fool us and trick us, thinking that we're going to be living up in paradise with milk and honey after it's all over. Once your life stops and your breath stops and your soul is gone, it's done. You're done. Ain't no second mm-hmm. chance. Live your fucking life. Stop trying to please everybody else with your life. Get what you want to get. You can't take that fucking money with you. I tell my son, I tell my son and daughter, I tell my children, we not going to be here all the time for you. I'm not going to just let y'all enjoy my goddamn money. I got to enjoy some of it, but I'm damn sure going to leave something for you. But let me enjoy some of mine as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm gone. I done stacked up my money, and now I'm gone, moved on to the ancestors, and my children, they get to enjoy do. I could go out and buy him a BM. And I'm like, damn, I'm looking down on him like, yo, I'm looking up on him like, what's up? You know? That's right. That's yeah. what we got to do, well, man. You got to enjoy your yeah. shit while you here. Fuck that. That's right. One of, one, of, one of the most eye-opening lessons that I received is when I sat down and received the um, the teachings that said that this life that we live is predicated on experience. Right? Some of us choose to have negative experiences, and some of us choose to have positive experiences in this life. But each one of us have separate experiences based on our journey, based on our path. You do what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you never want to, like Sanada said, you never want to get 40 years old or 50 years old and you're in your 10th or 20th years of studying just to realize when you was 30 and 20, you could have done what it is that you wanted to do because this is not Christianity, family. We we try to reiterate this shit to you. This is not a religion. This is not restrictions on living out your experience. We're telling, we're saying that the ideology, the rules that have been given us to us in consciousness, the African traditions say that yo, this is some of the things that we're not going to do that goes against nature. We're not going to live our lives going against nature. We're not going to live our lives backwards. But we're not going right. to live our lives restricted either. Yeah, check this out. Sorry to cut your whistle. Check this out. What do everybody always say to us in the conscious community? Oh, this money ain't backed by nothing. This money ain't nothing. This is nothing but paper. So why, when we get it and we spend it, do you get upset at us? Do you say, oh, look at you, man. Why you getting this? Or why you spending your money on that? But one minute you said it ain't worth nothing. See, the next minute you said, oh, I want coins. Or give me gold. Or give me silver. So when we get it and we 
It's just a means of exchanging for something nice. It's an illusion. Don't you get it, family? All this shit is, is an illusion, man. So we get the money, and we just make a fair exchange for something that we like. Don't hate on that. Get it. Because I'm quite sure if Brother Plight was to say, yo, man, here, take the keys. Go take you're gonna You're going to take it. Look at what Mike Tyson did. Mike Tyson, I think it was a Rolls Royce, right? He bumped his yeah. car on 125th Street, and he threw the keys to somebody, and they grabbed that shit, and this was gone. Y'all remember <laughs> Mike Tyson just gave that shit away to somebody. That's what he would do. I used to work for Mike Tyson. Bro, we used to work uh-huh. for Mike Tyson. He was notorious. Yeah, yeah he was Stop getting cars away. Stop making them. Stop the money bigger than life. We come on, man. The money is not life. bigger than us. That shit ain't bigger nope. than who we are. We make the money. The money don't make you. Polite, make the damn money and make it work for him. Stop going crazy about this. Now, while we're on the money, and I got everybody on the line right now. I do want to address something that's very uh, disturbing to me. There's this Versace shirt that showed up in a video yesterday with Polite. A very colorful Versace shirt. Um, (laughs) 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 We got to talk about the shirt.
Yeah, but we lost Red all of them now. I didn't get to see that. I didn't get to see the upload with King Simon yet, but I saw it on my Facebook. I'm gonna check that out. All right. I already know right. he went in. We had a good you already time, know. Man. They love it. The people love it. We had a good time, man. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I, I ain't stopped getting texts all day, phone calls all day. I ain't man. stopped. People wanting to know this and wanting to know that, and the numbers told me, yeah, man, I was like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Yo, but um, Alhambra Ballroom ain't ain't going to be the same on March 20. Just going to let y'all know that. It ain't going to be the same. It's, it, it's going to have to be called... It's going to have to be called the hardest-hitting debate. It's going to have to be called the debate ballroom after that, man, because it, it ain't going to be the same no more. It ain't going to be – it's not going to be the same. I see people uh, People are calling like crazy, and, uh, like, those vendors, I tell you, vendors, give me a call. Stop playing. I ain't last-minute stuff. Don't do it to me. Don't do it to me. <laughs> Hello? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. I hope everybody here. Yeah, so you know the you know people Red are calling in. What? Red pill, you there? I'm still yeah. I'm here. Polite oh, okay. here. Okay. I don't know if you like this. Like there, you gone? <laughs> nah, polite still here. I'm all still right, here. Right. You know. Oh, mm-hmm. what up? What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I know, I know you're number one. So you need this. <laughs> I need to need to hear what's happening. See, make sure everything didn't drop off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But yeah, but uh, yeah, Harlem is Harlem gonna be buzzing that day. I'm telling you, we probably should have put it in Apollo, man, at least. But this place, oh man, so I'm just happy, just happy that it's going good. Nicholas, of course, Manhattan is selling good. Brooklyn's starting to step up, but it look like the last people are calling them like the last week. That's how they are in Brooklyn. Last week, you know. But it's all right. We're gonna have some fun with it anyway. We're gonna keep it moving, and we're gonna still tear up the streets with everything we got. It don't stop. Still got to finish off the Jewish community with some more flies in the air. He got any family? Hey, hey, yeah. polite. You know, you know if his family's coming out from Brooklyn or New York? <laughs> any, any of his family? Yeah, yeah, they definitely coming through. He got some Jews coming through. Simon, Simon. Yeah, yeah. You, you still have your? Um, you still got your camera? Well, oh, my cam- what camera? You got like a pocket camera because I, I need to see the faces of the Hasidic Jews when you hit them with the flyer. I need reaction <laughs> photos. No, yeah, actually, Jews don't take the flyers. You got to put it on the car, or put it in the house. I, I'm I'm trying to do. A, I got a, um, a person that hit up different houses that's doing it for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, because they don't okay. take. They really don't take flyers. I try to give them flyers on the train, man. They don't take flyers. I'm like, no, you know, no. You, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. You're right, King, because I was in the Bronx trying to give out something, and they wouldn't take it. They won't take <laughs> it. They, I turned it around. And I let them see it, and it's like they run from you and shit. They won't take wow. it. Man. They discussing it though. I guarantee you, they discussing it, but oh, they not no. taking because it's hit. Harry said he had some nice. Harry, huh? Harry said his people were welcoming. Harry said he has nice people. What's going on? You know, it's it's, diff- it's different sex to them, man. Stop playing. <laughs> it's a whole oh. different. Red you saw the video I threw up, right, with me doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit was like riding through Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> People vampires. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it, it's it's on, man. I think this is gonna be uh, like like I said on my own Facebook that is the most anticipated debate ever since probably Dr. Khaled. About the band Mark. doing their thing, 
You know, and, you know, somebody said, you know, I was talking to Bob Law. He said, well, what are they debating about? I said, for, he said, man, I don't know, man, these young folks, man. I said, well, this is a new new people, man. They're not, they, they're not privy to Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark. So we got to, we got to, we got to, Polite got to lay it with his own rhythm. I had to tell uh, uh, Bob Law his story today because he let me drop some flyers because he said, yo, I see you got a debate. He sees the flyers and all that. I see you got a debate. I said, yeah, man, we about to tear it up in this Jew's ass. <laughs> he started laughing. He said, man, we did all of that already. I said, yeah, but this is a new genre of people, man. We, y'all ain't doing it no more, so we got to keep on doing it. What's wrong with you? They didn't put the nail in the coffin. <laughs> had to tell well, them. you know, you know uh, another thing I would like to add to that, as people yeah. tell me, you know, uh, about Dr. Ben and Khalid Muhammad, and, you know, I reviewed their conversations as well. People got to also understand that this is a huge opportunity. I'm supposed to do a better job like anybody who comes after people who set the stage. And people get upset with that conversation, but I always have to be blunt because, my brother, this is 2016. There's Mm -hmm. PowerPoint presentations. There's a larger audience. It's a whole different setting. And it's going to be a bunch of young people. And I watch those presentations, Mm -hmm. and they were dope. But I didn't see a lot of young people, one. And it wasn't the large crowd, two. And it wasn't an internet boom where people can watch it within the confines of their house. So what people have to appreciate also is the moment. When Khalid did what he did, that was in the moment. That situation was perfect. It was right. And he was needed during that time to do what he did to keep us going. People got to appreciate the moment. When Dr. Ben did what he did, that was pertinent because it was like, yeah, we actually got a Jew sitting there talking to Dr. Ben. But you got to understand something about my generation. They they the type, they don't listen unless it's one of them. That's just the way they are, man. If you ain't one of them, if they don't get a sense that, that, that or the dude that I'm about to listen to, he rap, or he play ball, or he box, or he like the clothes that I like, or he drives the cars I want to get. You know, if you don't resonate with them in a sense that you represent them, then they don't listen to nothing you got to say. Whether we like it or not, they'll just turn their head. So you can tell them about Khalid and Dr. Ben and all that. They ain't see it, and they ain't interested right now. They will have to get put on first to then go back and realize how brilliant and great those brothers are. Check. But first we got to put them on. We got to yep. do whatever it takes to get them on. So this event can be monumental, and it can catalyze their pan-Africanistic experience. And then they can go back in time and see how we arrived here and then feel ashamed almost, like, damn, how the hell I was definitely blind for so long. Because while we know what we know, sometimes you can get so caught up in what you know, you can forget or lose sight of the fact a bunch of people who, who are neighboring you don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're just so fixated on all the information we got. You think, because you in your mind, hopefully most of all the time, you just assume everybody else knows what you know until you start talking to people. So what I'm saying is, it is my belief that that room is going to be filled with a lot of people who don't know because that was the goal in marketing. And like I said, when Khaled did what he did and when Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark and them was doing what they did, they used the tools that were accessible in their day and time. So, therefore, when Khalid did what he did 
and Dr. Ben did what he did, the contrast was different because Khalid had a lot more youth rocking with him. So the contrast yeah. is different. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So now, in 2016, with this internet, with the live stream, with the YouTube, with the promotion, with the host from Battle Rap, this is going to be very different than anything anyone has ever seen, not even us. You know what I'm saying? We we never seen what's about to happen on the 20th. Yep. This is going to be historical. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be historical, and 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 it, and, it, and and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, somebody, anybody else doing ten or twenty years from from now, they're gonna to have to do it better than you. <laughs> anybody That's do right. it. it? It's gonna become. It has to broadcast from Mars, man. That debate <laughs> from Mars. They got to broadcast that from Mars and stop playing. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for making sure you don't make me nervous. <laughs> you know how to make a brother feel at ease. <laughs> Somebody asked me before. They said, "Yo, I had a person call me on a, one of my last interviews, and they said, man, how you do that when you get on stage, man? You don't get nervous.' And I said, this. I said, I'm always nervous. In exactly. fact, this debate, I'm more nervous than I've ever been my whole life." I'm just I'm just weird. I'd be doing things like the total yeah. opposite of people. You know, I'll, I'd be extremely nervous until I get around people. Then I yeah. get excited and I can't wait to talk and do and walk around and do my thing. But when no one's around me and I'm reading and studying, I'm nervous as shit. Like, man, when when do I get that eureka? Like, this is the this is the thing that I gotta drop. This is the yeah. information I gotta get. I'm being breathing heavy. I'm being uncomfortable. I gotta stop. I gotta drink some water. I, I be pacing back and forth, trying to collect my thoughts, and I'm very unsettled. I'm very unsettled. So I'm always very nervous because I take pride in what I do, and I like my previous presentations, and that's another thing. I spend hours watching my previous presentations and seeing what I could do better, what I never want to do again, what I want to introduce, how much innovation I want to uh incorporate into my presentation. So I go through quite a bit of emotions when it comes to preparing. I'm always overwhelmed emotionally and mentally, you know, and I don't, I really, I turn up my every other day sleeping another notch because and my wife is like, she be coming out. Yo, you got to rest. I'm like, I wouldn't even be, I would just be closing my eyes awake. I can't sleep. Because I'm uncomfortable until I feel like I cemented my conversation. But I tell you this: once I get on the stage, some shit be happening to me, man. I be happy like a motherfucker. I be like, I see all that red, black, and green. Red, black, and green. When I get on that stage, I be so open. I be like, yo, I gotta drop this shit. Everything start coming to me. So you know. Some people, they get the stage right. I never get stage right. I just get nervous right. every point before the stage. Yep. <laughs> those, those, who, those, who, those who know the mic and know how to do a stage understand that for real. That is the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely gets. Yeah, because what happened with that mic, especially with number ones, man, that mic becomes our comfort zone, and we just we just got it. So, man, yeah, hey, yeah I never seen you. So, so huh? I was watching, a, uh, I mean, King Simon, I was watching a clip. From one of my previous presentations, I was doing something on Pan-Africanism and economics, 
and you was bringing me up, and you started singing at one point, like, ah, some shit. <laughs> Help me do that. Oh, night, oh, night, shit. I was at oh. house laughing so hard, he didn't even remember you did that. He was like, yeah, yeah my brother, brother. yo, brother, brother polite. Oh, that's old. That's old dance hall stuff. That's the old dance hall stuff, man. I'm gonna put the air horn out. Yeah. I'm gonna put the air horn out my mouth. That's just how it is. That's what I used to do. If I didn't have one, that's what I did. Yeah. So you definitely, you definitely encouraged me to be myself on stage because I would see you. And that's what I'm talking about. If someone makes me happy being in their element, it only reinforces the conviction that I need to be happy when I'm in my element. Exactly. That's why I'm free. If I feel like walking around, you know, my evil brother's still mad to this day. Yo, what the hell? He walking around there. I felt like I was running laps on the brother. So I said, you know, let me run a lap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I was always a, a jittery Child, they wanted to medicate me because I couldn't stay in my seat for Stay a whole through. class. Yeah. You know I couldn't do it, man. You can't keep me there all day in school sitting in no I seat. That's the truth. Yeah, bro. So, Same you know, me, I see bro. it in you. Same with me, brother. Same way. <laughs> my mother said I used to my mother said I used to pass the exams, man, and then get up and walk out the class. I walked them right out the class. Y'all can't keep me here. I'm out. Y'all playing. Man, I never was asking for a bathroom pass. I was just out because I needed to walk. And after a while, my teachers started giving it to me at a certain time in class. I know what you need. I already know. Just go out. Mm-hmm. They just gave me that pass. Cause they were like, man, he, he's brilliant. But, damn, why he can't stay still? <laughs> you know so now I get on that stage. I'm talking to this. I don't like staying still. That's why I walk around. I walk the most when I'm teaching. I'm walking in the crowd. I'm walking around. I can't be there stagnant. I can't be there stationary. I got a, I got a flow. There's a lot of energy going through my body. I don't even know how people stay still. You know, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to be so in my element. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm working out to get my back right because, you know, that's standing up for long hours on end, and that can pull from your energy. And you can get more mentally fatigued if your body is focusing on collapsing because you're standing up for so long. So people understand, like, I take this so serious. I work on so many different things to make sure I'm completely in my element and undistracted. It's fun. It's it's overwhelming, but it's fun. As I get calls and messages, do your thing, we relying on you, the fate of the community, the, I'm like, oh, shit, this shit's starting to get overwhelming. I got to stop reading these messages. <laughs> but then, then I open it up again because it's a great experience to have people be in the spirit of education and relying on you. It's great, you know. I love competition. It's a great feeling, man. And that's why I don't want people talking down on the debates. I don't want them talking, uh, you know, and saying negative things because it's a it's very positive. It's bringing people together, you know. I got some Hebrew brothers that, you know, I had my battles with. One of these brothers still got videos slandering my ass on his channel. <laughs> and we still, we've been building. He's been uh, sending me a Yo, you know, it brings about unity. 
it brings about unity, you know? So mm-hmm. some people are still, still in their right mind. I got another Hebrew brother. You know, I say his name, uh, Gorilla Hebrew. You know, Michael Edwards. You know, these are people who, oh, not Gorilla. Gorilla and I always, we connected from the time I first met the brother. We always been cool. You know what I'm saying? So, but Michael, God damn, that boy, he's a fucking job. He'd probably be at war with me fucking 48 hours from now. But anyway, it's been cool these last couple of weeks. Very, very good brother, though, at the end of the day, despite the annoying shit that he may do. Very good brother. And um, he's been extending his arm to help or exchange ideas. And, you know, I didn't graft anything from anything that any of them gave me. And then I still got to finish what I got in my mind first before I could even entertain other ideas because it's like in battle rap, sometimes you have what they call schemes. So if I got a basketball scheme, that means every bar I'm going to wind up saying something that's connected to the NBA or a position or an element of the game, and that's going to last as long as I can exhaust it. So the way I teach, I teach in schemes. I teach in a way, if I was to introduce a new idea into my presentation, it would have to be interconnected with the very beginning of the presentation because my presentation has to tell a story. So it's a flow. I can't have it sound like I'm all over the place. (laughs) So even when people give me information, I can't really look at it until I finish my route. Once I'm done with my route, then I'm willing to introduce a new idea because I'm going to build around an idea. I can't have one idea isolated from the whole presentation. So it's it's rough because it's art. And then, you know, the hardest part is where do I start? Where's the middle point? Is this going to be enough time? Because I never run out of time in my presentations. I'm always equipped with what I want to present. And then if there's excess time, I got some more info. So it's rough. It's rough. It's fun, but it's rough. And I I push myself, and I'm going to push myself every event. People will not be disappointed. That's just what I can guarantee to everybody. There's just no disappointment that they're going to have for me. I'm going the extra mile. When people come in that building, every round, I got something special for the people. Every round. I'm talking information. I'm talking entertainment because you got to entertain with nothing foolish or demeaning or disrespectful. It's going to be exactly to appreciate the forum that Brother Sarnetta helped or or actually created and erected for us. And then as a a younger man, I hope take it where it needs to go because that's what you do. Sarnetta created a platform for younger people to do what they do and thrive. He gave us a voice. You know, Brother Saad gave us an opportunity to speak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And create that platform. And we was rough and rugged, setting, cussing his ass off, and teaching at the same time. No one understood what the fuck we was talking about. Seti and I almost fighting at the debate where we finally got to see each other. No one really knew what it would amount to, but Saad never kept it going. Like, yo, you got to let them blow steam, man. Let them brothers get it off. You feel me? And personalities start building relationships with each other. You know, after a while, it looked like something that was destined to be destroyed, overwhelmingly contentious. Eventually, everybody got each other's numbers. We're friends now. We talk with each other. 
We do projects with each other. We check up on each other. I'm talking anybody I've ever done a debate with. We good money. <clears throat> Even the homie Tazaria. We go to war, but because there's a brotherhood, though I know the Hebrews don't want to separate brother as a brother because I trace my roots to Africa. I dig it. I get it. But we know on the back burner, we all homies, man. Yeah, if we wasn't, we wouldn't chop it up on the phone still to this day. While everybody want to still trip thinking we banging, we still talk on the phone. That's what mm-hmm. people don't get. So it's really than that. You got to let brothers hash it out. You can't cry every time brothers get it in. Do you cry when siblings start having their robberies or, or going at each other? No. You say, oh, they're family, so they do that. You don't jump in and try to make it worse. You say, hey, we're either going to mediate or we're going to let them figure it out because they're family. So what you expect? Ain't nobody kill each other. Ain't nobody shoot each other. We had to calm down, <laughs> reset, <clears throat> get back on board. That's what's going to happen. We're a family. Personalities is coming up. We're going to bump into each other here and there. And then we're going to reset. We're going to get it back on point because that's what family do. So, you know, people just got to see that for what it is, man. This You want a family, then you're going to want to have a little fight in fight. It's, it's going to happen. You just got to keep it at a minimum, not let it uh, – undermine what we got to do as a, as a unit, which if we're going to get together as paradoxical as it sounds, if we're going to get together, we're going to have to break apart first. <laughs> That's how it works. If you want to get together, you got to break apart in order for us men to get to each other. We damn near almost got to go through a rites of passage where we got to be at odds to understand each other more. When I did my debate, with Malik Zul Shabazz, at the end of the debate, he said, yo, you know what? I understand Brother Polite more. Y'all should support him. In the beginning of the debate, man, you playing around, none of that shit makes sense. When the debate was over, the brother said, man, he pulled me by the stage, support this brother. You know, and I support him to this day. You know, it's all love. But this unity came about through debate. <laughs> That's how paradoxical it can be. People just got to figure it out, man. You just watch this thing. Watch this thing happen right before your eyes. Just watch this. Every year you're going to see growth, at least for me. I can't speak for everyone else. But I tell you this, if I come up, and when I come up, it represents a come up for everybody because I know where I'm from. I'm from this conscious community. You ain't going to hear me talk shit on it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let a mere few make me turn around and abandon the whole, because that's an excuse. I'm not about to have that excuse. I love the whole community, good and bad. I love it all. I know most times people just have good intentions, but sometimes we just want to force people into our perspective, minus work ethic of them all. Hello? Yes. Red pill? <laughs> Who's that? Red pill? Brother Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, what up? Yeah, thank you for the platform, Brother Sir, for letting young people get theirs off, get the energy off, get the information off, and letting us find ourselves when everybody else was just talking shit on us and turning their back on us and telling us, just listen to them and study them. We shouldn't talk. You know, when everybody was doing that, 
You gave us a platform, and you nurtured it. And sometimes you just step back and let's let us wild the fuck out. I ain't gonna lie. But look <laughs> at this now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Look at this now, man. You you did what parents got to do sometimes. Just let us do what we do. And when we f up, then come and pull us to the side like you do and say, man, y'all brothers gotta stop that shit. And we be like, man, but you let us do that. Yeah, brother, but I ain't mm-hmm. think it's gonna go that crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's- 